in the far future. A Martian police unit is sent to Mars to pick up a dangerous criminal. Instead, they find a Zero Town and a group of bloodthirsty savages waiting to spill some blood. Hello, everyone. I'm Caleb Jay. I'm Connor Gary. And welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh right now. I'll explain that in a minute. So we'll be talking today about the off-the-line late career film from John Carpenter. And by late, I mean second to last film in his filmography, Ghosts of Mars, a critical and commercial bomb upon release. Um, it would be the, as I said earlier, right, second to last film from legendary director before wiping his, cl- his hands clean of directing since then, or since his next feature. Um, like some of his initially hated works, though, weirdly enough, I was surprised. Um, this film has developed a cult following, apparently, and critics consider it a part of the weird Western subgenre. If you want any idea on what that is, think something like Jonah Hex or Bone Tomahawk. Horror meets Western. I guess you can technically put trimmers in there, I think. I'm not sure. Um, I never knew it was a subgenre, but yeah. Uh, but before we go into all this fun stuff, and before I actually share it over to Connor for the scores like I usually do. Um, we are joined by a special guest, newest member of the Filmgasm team, Colton. Go ahead and say hi, Colton. Introduce Hello. I, I jumped the gun too quick. I was just so excited to be here. So and hello. Hello. Good to have you. Um, I have a question. Once we do the scores, I got a nice question uh, that I thought was especially for you since this is your first appearance. That thing's going to lead to a really fun conversation with this director. So. Okay, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. So, Connor, without further ado, give us those, that Ron Tomato score. Real quick, though. Just because a movie has sand and a town jail does not make it a Western. <laughs> I just want to say. Weird, weird Western. No. And cult following. People will watch anything, won't they? Ooh. All right. Well, <laughs> it's not like, it's not, I don't think it's ever going to be like The Thing or something. But it, it apparently does have a cult following now. That's really amazing. I don't I guess there's people out there who, you know, they love punishment. They love to hurt themselves. So I guess they got to watch. I wonder what they watch. Bad movies. Uh, 23% Rotten Tomatoes score. 24% audience score. So pretty reviled. Critics consensus reads, John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars is not one of Carpenter's better movies. Filled as it is with bad dialogue, bad acting, confusing flashbacks, and scenes that are more campy than scary. That's that's right on the money. Yeah. Uh, this film bombed with a $14 million gross on a $28 million budget. So it made half its half its budget back. And uh, if you watch it, you can see why. Yeah. It's we'll get like I said, we'll get kind of into it because it's actually a great segue for on the film. Because like I said, this is really like what I like about this and the question I'd ask. So you have here late career, like not. Like to me, I haven't seen the ward yet, so I cannot attest to the quality of the ward. It's terrible. Um, I've heard, yeah, I've heard it's bad, but this is like to me, like the exact opposite of everything you hear about 
the greatness of John Carpenter. Like this is the antithesis film of that. Um, with that, let's get a little. Um, I say let's let's heap some praise on this right before we completely show on this film and segue to my question, starting with Colton here. Um, I would like to know your history with the uh, good old John Carpenter. Um, whatever you got, whatever films you've seen, what you think of him as a director, and also what you think of this film in particular. Ooh. So um, I haven't seen a lot of John Carpenter um, at all, really, unfortunately. Um, but I have, so I think the first movie I saw was, um, it was recently, it was when the new Halloween movie came out. And um, I was like, oh man, that looks really good. I know that Michael Myers is like, you know, He's like one of the big three horror villains. So I want to go see the new movie. Before I see that, I'm going to see the old one first. And I watched that and it was really good. It, I have, I think it's like one of the only um, older classic horror movies to where I actually felt pretty unnerved because, you know, Michael Myers is a creepy dude and I, I, I love the movie. Um, and the, the new one I, I liked too. Um, but this movie... I did not like at all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm upset that, um, that I haven't seen a lot of his works, but I'm not going to let it taint my, the way that I see him. Cause I haven't seen the thing either. And that movie looks so good. And I, I, I have to watch it, but, um, but yeah, this movie was awful. Terrible. It, it makes me laugh like that. If you've only seen Halloween and ghosts of Mars, I, I can see why you'd question his batting average. <laughs> yeah. Like I, after, when I was done watching this movie, I was like, I was like, how is this guy? <laughs> like, like is the thing. Re- so now like I was kind of skeptical. I was like, is the thing really that good? Because it also deals with like alien stuff. So I was like, uh, I don't know, but everyone says it's good. So take it from us. Bonafide lifelong horror fans. The thing is one of the greatest horror films of all time, one of the greatest movies of all time. Say I got Michael Myers on my arm right there. So I have a whole thing. Um now I'm with Connor. Um this, yeah. It sorry that this is your second film of his directed <laughs> you watched. Uh but yeah, I'm glad you said you won't let it dissuade uh dissuade you from his other stuff because yes, like things like um the thing, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China. Um they live the fog, like all this stuff. That that's all classic. Christine, he he originally directed Christine. It's an understanding out for him. Like his hit before this happened. You know, you had seventies Carpenter, which was gold. You had eighties Carpenter, which was gold. But I think what happened big time. This explains to me a lot of like what this film and some other his other one is that. And we were kind of alluding to it before we recorded. But Carpenter would come up with these films and the studio would just constantly bug the fuck out of him and ask to change stuff and remove things and like constantly mess with him and question his vision along the way. And then the film wouldn't do too hot. They blame him and be like, well, this is why you fucking sucked at what you did. But then the weird thing is, you know, that got him to the point where he got just disgruntled and he stopped giving a shit. He's like, what's the point? Like, I'm not, you know, this is a guy who's giving us some classics now and that's the thing right like a lot of these films didn't do great when they came out but like now they're classics i mean everyone knows halloween everyone knows escape from new york everyone knows the thing like these are big films now and all these things like why did you put like why and every time i watch all things like with the studios like why did you do this this guy like this guy was an expert filmmaker 
not even just director, just filmmaker. Like, and yeah. you guys kept trying to say, like, you need to do it this way when he was giving you gold almost consistently for two, three ish whole decades. Yeah, it's, you know, this, it's, they, they, they sucked out his like drive. They, they took away his, like, what he, you know, his, his pride in his work. And that sucks when you're making movies and then, you know, the people buying your movies are constantly telling you you're no good. Eventually you're going to be like, well, why am I fucking bothering? And that sucks. Cause imagine like what a rejuvenated, like constant box office success studio backed carpenter would look like. <sighs> what would we have gotten in the eighties and nineties from that John Carpenter? God, that would have been amazing. Um, or even now, because he probably would have still been working more consistently. Yeah. Um, well, and then he got to the point where, like, you know, like when Rob Zombie came around, he was announced to direct the at that time the newest Halloween film, which was a remake. Um, and he called him Carpenter didn't give a shit. Like he was still on that stage of like, I don't give a fuck, just leave me alone. And just like quickly was like, Yeah, cool, good luck, and hung up the phone on him. Oh my god. He was like, he is still that pissed about it like it's been very recent with the release of um through we time earlier the 2018 halloween that he's been finding joy again um he's been scoring his these films again so he's been at least coming back to score um he has hinted at if a script that he likes if he has it in him he is not as opposed to directing again um so whatever's going on with him and blumhouse um because i know he's done the scores for both the halloween films he's done their, the score for their firestarter film um he's gonna score for the upcoming halloween film the, the final one well final air quotes um yeah. that you know maybe he has something to go in that and even if he doesn't direct at least he has something there's a studio finally showing him some love being like no we respect what you did we love what you did we want you to have be back in some capacity in film that's good at least at least he's getting you know some retroactive respect yeah, I um, I'm glad that like I'm I'm part of the show now because, um, I really love movies and I I think it's cool that like, and you guys have seen so much and I'm kind of new to like the whole like, uh, like mo- like cinema scene whatever, yeah. um, but I I think it's kind of cool that um, like this is the first movie I saw of his, so I can see it's 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 almost like I, I see his I know that it's not improvement because he got worse as he went on, but it'd be cool to see like okay, so this is like what he's known for. Like when I watch the thing eventually. Yeah. Well think of it like this. You've seen his rock bottom, so there's nowhere to go but up from now on with his work. Yeah. So yeah, nothing but bright lights from here on out. You literally did like a sandwich. Well, you had like the best on one end and the worst, and now you just have to do all the sh- all the good stuff in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually kind of jealous because you get to experience a lot of these films for the first time, which is going to be a very cool experience. That's how I feel. So I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I know this has nothing to do with John Carpenter, but I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and I I want to find someone that has never seen it. So I can, I want to watch the movies with them, but I'm not going to be watching the movies. I'm going to be watching them watching the movie because, no, uh, Dude, that that's one of my favorite things. I remember, um, you can ask Connor, I'm a massive fan of this foreign action film called The Raid. The mm-hmm. joy I get whenever someone's like, oh, I haven't seen it. 
So I have the Blu-ray, so you can switch it from subbed or dubbed, and I'll, I'll usually ask them. Cause I'll, I watch stuff subbed if it's foreign, but I am respectful if someone else wants to do a dub and said, like, whatever. I've seen the film already. Don't give a shit. Um, because, and it's also because, like, if I'm trying to, I love that film so much that when I showed someone, half the time, I'm not really paying attention. I love it's one of those kick-ass actions, and I am still paying attention. But I'll turn to look at them and see their reaction if they're getting into it. Like, I've gotten into it so how much I love it. Yeah, I got to. I remember when I when I went up to uh, when you were still in Seattle. I you know I flew up there. We hung out for a week, and we got to do that to each other. You showed me Dog Soldiers behind the mask and the Halloween sequels, and I got to show you Fright Night. And it was just cool, like watching each other's mm-hmm. reactions and yeah, showing somebody your favorite stuff's always a great time. And yeah, I definitely am excited to do that to you a lot on on these shows. Yeah. Not this show; it's bad movies, but on film guests. Yeah. I'm excited also. Like I get I get like annoyingly overhyped about small stuff. Like I also just recently watched Avatar the Last Airbender. Um and I was watching it with with my ex and she got mad at me because the last fight scene I was like yelling because <laughs> I was just so hyped. She was like, "Stop it." And I was like, "I can't. This is the best thing ever." <laughs> yeah. I would never trust someone that like yells at the, at the TV when it comes to a movie. Um, Cause like, I, and I'm someone that's usually like, I am really like kind of stoic for most, like I sit and enjoy, it. I'll laugh obviously if it's comedy and I'm with other people that are laughing, but nice on time just watching it. But like, I've had my moments where I'm just like, I think actually the most recent was stranger things this past season when I scared the show on my dog. Cause there's a scene I won't remember. Cause I know you're not there Colin, but in episode four, where I was like, literally yelling at my TV. I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. And like it happened. I'm like, yes. And I jumped up. I was like so invested. I was like, oh my God, yes. And like my dog just goes, what the fuck? That's great. I, I did that exact thing watching the new um, Obi-Wan Kenobi because we got to, you know, I mean, we all know Darth Vader's on the show. It's not a surprise. But seeing him again was like, I, utter, I, I went like alone in my apartment. I was like, fuck. He's back. Who's just, playing him? Uh, Hayden, Christensen. Hayden Christensen from from the prequels. Oh, yeah, Hayden Christensen's cool. doing the the body and the movements and everything still. So he's the one we're seeing do the physical stuff, and then James Earl Jones came back to do the voice. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, it was. I kept waiting for Vader to talk because I'm like, is it is it James Earl or is it a sound alike? And I'm like, nope, that's James. We want to keep getting him until he can't do it anymore or he dies, whichever happens first. I, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. When when a movie or a show can make you react physically in a good way, you're watching something amazing. Exactly. I would say the most recent example of that, before we kind of get back into this, would be uh Spider-Man No Way Home. My, oh. my, my, my I don't know about I know I saw it opening weekend of Connor Star. I don't know if you saw it opening weekend. Or when it was still crazy crowds, Colton. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I, so I, I know in my, like my screening, when both Spider-Man popped up, holy oh, shit, yeah, I, I was that. with the theater. We were all standing up, clapping, cheering. I don't remember what they said. I have no idea what was said during those dialogue exchanges. <laughs> I could not hear. That was a moment. That was a moment. And I think what they did was they, they purposely left large moments of no talking because they knew people were going to freak out. That's why I watched it at home and I'm like, why are they just staring at each other? <laughs> yeah. I love the honest trailers where they talk about that. Like, if you watch around a crowd, it's just them kind of staring at each other for, like, way too long. It reminded me of, like, a sitcom, you know, with, yeah. waiting for the studio audience to stop applauding. Yeah. 
I'm like, ooh, okay. But hey, does not take away from how kick ass that movie was. How kick ass that movie is, honestly. Oh yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, um, Connor, I know you're very you're kind of like me. You're very into Carpenter and whatnot. You've seen uh quite a bit. I think you may have seen a little bit more than I have. I think there's still some stuff I haven't seen yet. I've seen all of his classics, so now I'm kind of working my way through the dregs. Uh I only have a handful still to see. I haven't seen um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man is the one that comes to mind. And I'm not exactly clamoring to watch Chevy Chase be an asshole again. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen his classics. There's still stuff I need to see. Um, I mainly need to see The Fog. I actually have Blu-ray. I just need to watch it. Um, I need to rewatch The Looks. I saw it on TV as a kid. And the most I remember is a really long 10, 15 minute long fight scene. And yeah. as a kid going, why is this scene still going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, then other stuff I keep hearing about, like Prince of Darkness and the Mouth of Madness, things like that, that you hear about a lot from people as far as like real cult stuff. There's a huge hit from them. I did just watch Prince of Darkness for the first time about a month ago. And uh, it is such an amazing concept. Uh, I thought execution wise, like it could have been better, but it's one of the, it's a film I want to watch again, knowing what to expect. Same within the Mouth of Madness. Uh, the only one I really don't like, like I, I didn't like Ghost of Mars, but I fucking hated Dark Star. Was that his first film? Yep, it was his like college film or something. And college it's film that got and became his feature debut. Yep, it's terrible. The bad guy is a beach ball. Like he's a real beach ball. It's not the most ridiculous bad guy I've heard of in horror. I'm sad to say. It's not a horror film. It's it's a, like a sci-fi. It's supposed to be a sci-fi comedy, but it's not funny. It's only an hour 20, but it feels like it's a three-hour film. It's so bad. And then he followed that with Assault on Precinct 13, one of the greatest action thrillers of all time. So I'm wondering, like, what happened between 74 to 76? <laughs> like, what did he learn? I don't know. <laughs> I'm also so surprised to say anytime I watch Assault on Precinct 13 and the, the kid gets shot, it's being like the inciting incident to like the rest of the film. So don't worry, going no spoilers there. It's literally how the <laughs> how the rest. It's literally what incites everything into the with the film. And for seventies, the fact that you see it, they don't cut away, they don't try to hide it. You see it happen, and he kind of lingers on her dead body. I'm like, shit, they got away with that in the seventies. Like nowadays, they they still would have issues trying to do something like that. Yeah, independent cinema. When you're in charge, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a like, uh, and I think I, I talked about it um, when we talked about the void. But there's a movie on Netflix called Apostle, and there's a there's a shot where they drill into this kid's head, and they show it the whole time, and it's just so uncomfortable to watch. Oh yeah, like, I, I know. I've seen Apostle because I'm. It's the same guy who directed Ray, and I was like, oh shit, his new movie. Let's watch it. No, is I've never seen the raid. So, oh god, such oh. a goddamn good action film. I'm sure <laughs> that's what I hear. Yeah, I'm sure that drilling is uncomfortable. But the throwback, one of the last sneak preview episodes, I doubt it's as as com- uncomfortable as a proper skull fucking. Am I right, Caleb? Oh, on the sadness. Yeah. Hey, so I actually I tracked down. Yeah, yeah. So set up. <laughs> so Colin is going to know what's going on here. There's this film that came out recently because you can ask me, I'm, I've been such a horror fan for so long that I'm very much in that set now where it's like, if I hear it's the most fucked up thing ever, the most scary thing ever, I watch it. Not because I want some you know, morbid curiosity, but two, because I'm like, 
Oh yeah, you're saying that to me. Bring it, movie. And um, <laughs> that was a sadness. I heard about how like insanely crazy batshit like fucked up it was. It went on Shutter. I actually was able to get my hands on a pre-order of the Blu-ray that's going to ship sometime this month. So I am going to have it in my collection soon. Um, but but the point of like the film is that there's this uh virus going around turning off the inhibition part of your brain. I forget the actual term for it, but yeah, the limbic system. Olympic yes, system. Yeah, it turns off your inhibition essentially. And now your your try for sex and violence kind of merge. Like it's you oh, need yeah. it constantly. It's as one dark stress movie is like trying not to blink. That's how bad the urge is. You have to do it, but you're fully aware of what you're doing. And that's where the title comes in because when they turn they shed a tear. So that's what the oh, sadness yeah, and there's a scene where this guy finds a chicken realtor. He had already stabbed her in the eye with his umbrella. Um, He's infected. He looks at her, and you see it. He takes off her eye patch, unzips his pants, and luckily the camera is panning up so you don't actually see it, but you know what's happening. You're very aware of what's happening here. <laughs> oh, dude. And you just hear her start like yelling, screaming, and him clearly like thrusting. I remember Sarah going, I'm actually seeing skull fucking in film. <laughs> oh my god. Go. Awful. Oh my god. Yeah. Dude. And we both walked away from that thinking this is one of the best films we've seen all year. I gave that film <laughs> a nine out of ten. I actually really fucking love that movie. Dude, that's brutal. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I thought it's, Crash was bad, man. I it's just one like it. Luckily, Connor has not gone down the depths I've gone down, but I've gone down some depths of seeing like what will fucking push me to the edge when it comes to like yeah. extreme shocking cinema. Just because I've been a horror fan for so long. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. with that, this isn't that extreme in that regard. Just extreme in badness. Um, let's move on. Unless we got more, anyone wants to add any? I forgot this was a horror movie. Honestly, <laughs> while I was watching, I forgot that it was supposed to. Be scary. Yeah, it's supposed to be action, horror, sci-fi, like a, the a mashup of genres, and none of it really works. <laughs> no, no. Oh my god, no! You could tell that Carpenter was just kind of reaching into his into his like, you know, greatest hits files, like a little bit of Assault on Precinct Thirteen here, a little bit of the Fog here, and just hoping <laughs> like nobody would notice. Like he didn't think that hard on making this because he's like, I got maybe one more in the tank. And it ain't gonna be good. You guys see like almost a decade. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then let's uh, let's do it. Let's get into a uh, development hell. So, starting off with something we were talking about uh, before we recorded, uh, it's been widely reported that this was originally meant to be the third escape from whatever sequel. Or they would have named it next. Because, you know, the first one was Escape from New York, and then it was Escape from L.A. So whatever they would have called this one. Escape from Mars. Escape from Mars. Um, but, much like the remake that has fucking come out, who knows with that anymore, uh, this rumor has been publicly disposed by the film's producer, Sandy King Carpenter. So as far as we know, this is an original script, and that is just a rumor that circulated on the interwebs for well over two decades now. I wish I'd known that because I've been promoting this episode on two other shows with that statement. So my bad. 
I found out when I was like doing my research. I was like, I'm gonna wait till we record until Connor. I I want to see his face as I tell him. I was <laughs> bummed out because that means that Carpenter did this on purpose. Uh, and it's weird because doesn't Desolation Williams feel like it was supposed to be Snake Plissken? Well, <laughs> yes. And when you find out who was originally going to play Desolation Williams, she was set to play, but that is not coming up just yet. Okay. Oh my god. Yes. Dude. It yeah, there's we're gonna start strong with um what if casting scenario. So I'm gonna say names and we will discuss what we think. Okay. All right. So for our main I for our main character, my script says man, I almost threw myself off. <laughs> 2022, guys, I'm progressive, okay? <laughs> our main character of Melody, uh, the one we're, the blonde we're following in this film, to this point, as we has been rumored forever, Connor had a thing for blondes. It doesn't feel like a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily, a certain one in a certain court case couldn't get her hands on him or vice versa or whatever but yeah, the ward it was uh the main character of the ward is amber heard so yes oh carpenter tried to bang her too but i can only imagine the friction on that set dear god god go johnny um original choices for this character were and i there's only three names they gave me michelle yao yeah definitely Oh, I mean that because this is the thing about this is after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This is after all this. She's established as like in action, like icon at that point. Like, yeah, I, I could be down for that. Well, uh, I feel like if she had taken it, I think it would have been a. I think it would have pushed her career further back. So maybe maybe it's a good thing she didn't do this. Yeah, yeah, because now would we have gotten the. Other another favorite film of mine from this year, known as Everything Everywhere All at Once, because I can't live in a war knowing that something could have happened that didn't get us that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's like one of one of the best movies ever made. So it's so that's what people are saying. It's so. orgasmic. It's a film gasm. <laughs> oh dang. Nice. Pull them tonight. I do think it would be hilarious if during her audition, the producer was like, Michelle, you gave an incredible performance in your audition. We would love to have you on this film. But we really didn't like Ghost of Mars. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to have to go and oh never come my back. God. He really hated you in that movie. <laughs> I don't think that would have happened, but I'm sure that the ripple effect of Ghost of Mars in her career probably would have led to somebody else being in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who else we got? Uh, the second choice is uh, Franca Potente. Potente. I don't know how to say her last name. Um, Potente, I think. Yeah, she was known for things like Run Lola Run. Um, she was in The Conjuring Two, Below, The Born Identity, and Supremacy. So she does actually have a pretty like stacked um, action along this type of line filmography in her favor. Um, so again, not a bad choice, especially at that time, right? Obviously now she's like 47 years old, but at the time she'd be what in her early 20s. You know, good thing for an up-and-coming uh, actress at the time. I can't really picture her, so let me let me look her up real quick just so I can put a face to this name. Primarily, the reason I know these movies is because I'm looking at my phone because it's pulled open on Wikipedia because I forgot to do my research on that part beforehand. Oh, 
Okay. I I told myself, oh, make sure I look up her stuff before I do this, and then I forgot. Oh, you know, I don't. I think the very fact that I don't really remember her probably shows that she probably shouldn't have been in this. True, but I I know you know the last lady for you X Men fans out there, Famke Chanson. Oh man, mm-hmm. Jean Grey. I would have been down because as a kid, I had a huge fucking thing like crush on that woman between X Men and then when I finally saw Goldeneye, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know she was like sexy, scary, and golden eye. I had I had conflicted feelings. <laughs> she murders people by like she has a like she's sexually attracted to to murder, so she like squeezes people with her legs and gets off on it. I was completely turned on. I was just all in. God damn. Yeah, she ends up getting squeezed to death because it's a James Bond movie. Everyone gets their kind of ironic death, right? But yeah. she gets like squeezed between a helicopter and a tree and bonds like she always did enjoy a good squeeze <laughs> oh my god dude so, that's disgusting uh pre craig era bond <laughs> that's disgusting but she would have been good I, I i don't think natasha henstridge is particularly a memorable actress in this movie or really in anything else she's mostly known for one series one movie and it's because she's hot as hell in it and it's called species yeah that's what i hear so I think Famke Jansen would have been a good choice. But it might yeah. have also conflicted with her X-Men schedule, so maybe not. Yeah, and she probably made the right call on that. Like, no, I got this really good thing going, but X-Men is becoming a huge hit. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but they are turned it down, every single one of them. Which leads us to our last person that was actually cast. They were cast. How many... <laughs> You guys are familiar with Nirvana, right? Mm-hmm. And Dave yeah. Grohl and his personal life. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Courtney Love. What the fuck? Cast. That's that's why I led up to. Do you see what I did there? See the, the lead up. <laughs> oh my Jesus. god! I know you love blondes, John, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> have you heard the conspiracy theory that Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself and Courtney Love killed him? Oh, I yeah. have heard that. Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know if she directly killed him. I do think she wanted him dead. The, the next trial of the century. Now that the camera <laughs> hurting yeah. is done. Yeah. There, there is no, what's, what's the term? Uh, statute of limitations on murder. So they find something. I don't know. <laughs> but Courtney Love really was cast. Yeah, re- no. really, I, I, so like how I do this, right? Is I'll have like a, the, whatever my computer, I mean, whatever I'm using to get my information. And I have it's where like my word documents pulled up so I can scroll through the internet and type as I'm looking at everything. And I was typing and I scroll and I'm like, I stop. I just stopped and stared. And I'm like, does this really say Courtney Love? And I clicked. I was like, there's no way. And I was like, no, that says Courtney Love. Oh, wow. Dude, what, what happened? Well, she would leave the project after her boyfriend's, and this is only something that could happen to Courtney Goddamn Love. After her boyfriend's ex wife ran over her foot in her car while she was training <laughs> for the film. God, it's, it's weird when white trash becomes famous, isn't it? Holy shit, that's great. <laughs> yep. Thank God for her boyfriend's ex-wife. Look, that's beautiful. I want to say this. 
as someone that was born in East Texas, which Beaumont one um when you write trash and you become famous, the right trash doesn't leave. <laughs> now you just have a lot of fucking money. What's that? What's that one? Oh, Honey Boo Boo, or even Duck Dynasty. Actually, do you guys know Duck Dynasty? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know it came out. You know it came out that it's all fake, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like they're not. I mean, like they're still like white trash, but they're like not white trash. Yeah, I think I heard like they grew the beards for like the show or something. Like I heard some crazy stuff where it was like, yeah, they completely it was all like fake to an nth degree, even for reality television standards. (laughs) That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. What like what what does that say if you feel like even reality TV's going like, whoa, too much fakery, guys. Like (laughs) let's calm down here. Did Courtney Love ever have her own reality show? No, she had a terrible band. Yeah, Did she really? Yeah, yeah. It's called Hole. Hole. H O L E. Hole. Yeah. Appropriate, right? Oh my god, dude. Well, if she killed Kirk Cobain, yeah, it's appropriate because you know. Oh, sorry. That was that was a really dark <laughs> joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm very proud. That was that was that belongs here. Um, Damn, I got I got up my game then, <laughs> but it is weird that like she, you know, the queen of attention horse, never got a reality show, right? No, even like when I remember I watched the Pamela Anderson roast randomly because I think she was on it, and you could tell she was just trying to hog it up because I'm like, you're not funny, like everyone else is funny, you're not. Do you remember when Nirvana got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and she fucking went up there to accept it? On their behalf, yeah. and everyone booed her. Yeah, oh my god! I think like Dave Grohl, like the nice one of the nicest celebrities around. Apparently, he fucking hates her. He cannot stand her. Yeah, because she killed Kirk Cobain. Yeah. If she didn't, I mean, even if she didn't, you know, hire a dude to kill her or pull the trigger herself, she, you know, she contributed to his addict lifestyle. That got her. She had oh, yeah. hope. She was a fellow addict. Yeah, and would not help him get clean. Nope. She, I watched a couple documentaries on that. I mean, I'm, they're always, you know, skewed in it with a certain uh, point of view, but eh, some of that stuff's hard to dispute. Yeah. Well, to me, I also talk about like, I always kind of go back to like how it is with people, actual, like how they already each other personally. Like the fact that like Dave Grohl hates her. The fact that I heard like her own daughter will not talk to her. She's like estranged from her. I'm like, that tells me everything I need to know. Like, if people in your own life don't want anything to do with you, like, how bad are you? Dave Grohl loves everybody. So yeah. you got to be a real piece of shit for him to not like you. Yeah. He brings his own fucking drinks to the party if he's on a fucking interview, as we saw on Hot Ones. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I like that. I like the end. You're drunk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I find it hilarious that Courtney Love had this and then some some idiot ran over her foot and she's like, I gotta back out. I can't I can't fake it. I'm not that good of an actor. Oh my god. Well, neither is the lady that was cast for this really I mean, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Again. I have a feeling people weren't exactly lining up to star in this. No. But I don't understand why. The premise sounds so fucking cool. 
they read the script and they're like, oh. Well, I have, (laughs) I'll get to it. There is one cast member that actually was excited to do this because of the fact that it was a John Carpenter film, but not happy with the end product. Um, as far as Natasha Hendricks, we'll just get to her now since we've kind of segued to her. How did she get this? So at the time, this is her early, like her brief moment of fame. Because again, remember, this is after Species, so everyone knows who Natasha Hendricks is. You know, every guy had a boner because of Species. So um, I have, I actually haven't seen, I've seen screenshots, and I get it. She's hot as hell. Um, but how she got this role was actually, um. Thanks to the suggestion of her boyfriend at the time, Liam Waite. Somehow he was involved in production, suggested her. She got it. Hmm, That sounds Hmm. awfully convenient. (laughs) You need a blonde? I know a blonde. I know a blonde. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, you need someone that's not Courtney Love? Just wait. I know so many people who aren't Courtney Love. Yeah. What if John John Carpenter's like, hey, so that whole thing with uh, Courtney Love's foot getting ran over, that was her boyfriend's ex, uh, ex uh, boyfriend's ex wife, whatever, right? And the dude's just like, yeah, sure, yeah. Be be hilarious if it's like, oh yeah, my boy, my like, there was her boyfriend's ex wife, you know, Natasha. It's like, oh my god. Well, let me talk to Natasha. (laughs) I would also love if after her foot healed up. She wandered back to production thinking they'd waited for her. Oh my God. He's like, I'm ready to start. They're like, the movie's no, no, no. on DVD, Courtney. It's like, what? Why haven't I heard about it? No, you didn't you were, hear. You were holding it this morning at Walmart. You said, this looks pretty good. I might get this later. <laughs> that explains why Carpenter's not returning my calls. Yeah, he's not directing anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Heroin's a hell of a drug, folks. <laughs> 90s. Uh, as for Desolation Williams, as I kind of alluded to earlier, as you know, there's a certain very early action movie star in this film. Ladies and gentlemen, personal favorite of mine, I know personal favorite of Connors, as a Mr. Jason motherfucking Statham. Gotta put some respect on that name. Yes. The Stathamator. The staff. So I went into this movie completely blind. I had I, the only thing I knew was that it took place on Mars and there were ghosts. I'm not kidding. That's the only thing I knew. I didn't look up cast anything. <laughs> uh, and, just, ghosts of Mars. So it's on Mars. There's ghosts. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And then I knew it was going to be sort of like Escape from New York. So I'm watching the movie and the opening. I just got off night shift, 12 hour shift. And I see the titles like title credits come up and it says, ice cube and i was like what the fuck ice cube is in this movie and then it said jason statham and i was like what the fuck am i watching (laughs) awesome i love that like old school mentality of like how i used to how i do it sometimes with like used to do with like streamers or like the video source like you just look at the time and go like demon win so there's a win and there's demons sounds good and you just go with that you know nothing else about the film (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah it's hard to do it's hard to go in blind on a movie these days like really hard they make it really hard they tell you everything like before you can even press play they're like here's the cast here's the plot enjoy here's the director based off <laughs> your suggestions that's why you think you're going to like this yeah. here's the genre the various subgenres that don't even fucking exist but we made them up because of the algorithm 
You got to close your eyes and just fumble your way through there and hope you get the right movie. It's the only way. It's almost an art now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Statham is in this film. But he was originally not going to play the part he plays. He was actually originally set to play Desolation Williams. Hmm. No. No. Only Ice Cube. (laughs) I... (laughs) I, I I get it. I get Statham as, you know, the kind of feared killer isolated in a Martian prison. I can see that. Uh, Statham now with like how much brand recognition he has. But this was Statham fresh off lock, stock, and two smoking barrels and snatch. This was goofy, you know. <laughs> you want my, like, Statham. He had hair. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he had hair. I don't I don't, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but I um, just because you did a British accent. There's a line in the movie when um, when Desolation Williams, like his friends, come to save him. And then, you know, they pull up guns and Jason Statham is like, oh, I thought you don't have any guns. And the guy looks at him and he's like, I lied. <laughs> I lost my shit. <laughs> I lied. I was like, dude, come on. Oh, yeah. This is this was a first draft. <laughs> God. God. This movie, man. Um, but now, as we as we're obviously talking about for those who are listening to us and haven't seen the film for some reason, Ice Cube's in the role, and he got that because at the time, this is two thousand one, the producers insisted on a recognizable name, a brand name, and so they they ultimately landed on Ice Cube. There they was a, with star power. There was a time when Ice Cube was the biggest star that a film could wrangle. I, I love that. And he didn't yeah, even no. he didn't even lay down a song for the movie or anything. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's because I mean it makes sense. This is when like Friday and Iconda. Um was it Boys in the Hood? I know he did one. Yeah, he was he, Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Boys in, I was like, I was, I'll say boy, Boys in the Hood. Um yeah, you know, NWA wasn't around, but he had his successful, huge as shit solo career going strong. Oh yeah. Like yeah, at this point, you couldn't. I mean, you could argue he's still a star power. Like, he, he is. It's just in a movie like this, it's just weird that the studio is like, we need, we need star power. We need a brand. We need a name that the, that the kids want to see. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. I want this the same thing except for Anaconda. Like, look, yeah, we got John Voight, but let's be honest, guys, we get that's not young people. We need someone young, hip. Someone went. I like NWA. You guys like Ice Cube? <laughs> oh God, I I love Ice Cube because he doesn't give a fuck. He'll do anything, and he'll give as much or as little a, like effort as he feels like he like the film deserves. Yeah, and in this case, he was like, "Give me a black tank top, pajama pants, and I'm not going to be in shape at all, and we're just going to roll with that." It's like he's wearing Snake Plissken's costume, but it does not fit him. It's no. he he went trick or treating as Snake Plissken, and this is the next morning while he's still wearing the costume. I have expected him to have a fucking eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only thing he's missing. I well, what's crazy? Like you know, no one wanted to say anything. This is at the time where he was probably he's probably a little intimidating. Like he gives off that vibe. No, in general, even though I've heard he's actually a super nice, dude. Um, I have to, but he's got that, you know that. Like aggressive scowl. 
that's like his just base mood yeah. yeah you think like if he tried they tried being like hey so ice cube can you do this instead he would like spout off like lines from his own songs at them to confuse them i always assumed ice cube spoke exclusively in his own lyrics <laughs> just feels like he would just to fuck with people yeah <laughs> just quoting nwa songs i'm straight out of compton guys <laughs> i bet he says that a lot I'm sure fuck the police comes up a lot too, especially these days. Dude, <laughs> randomly they're like, hey, so Ice Cube, like, look, so like, good take, but we want you to do this. We think we can try it better with this kind of emotion. Just randomly, fuck the police. All right, so we'll just stick with that take. That's fine. He's yeah. <laughs> like, fine. You're good. I can't tell if Cube is in a bad mood or not, but he's scaring <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> That's fine. I was watching. Um, an interview Jonah Hill did on, uh, I think it was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, one of them. And he was talking about, you know, he did the Jump Street films with Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. And he said that it was really hard to make Ice Cube laugh. And so he and Channing Tatum were constantly like, how do we make Ice Cube laugh? And they were on a flight and they heard Ice Cube laughing uproariously on the flight. And they're like, what is, what's making Cube laugh? We got to find out. They walked over. He's watching fucking Friday on his laptop <laughs> his, own shit, his own movie dude oh my god oh my god dude only he could get away with that shit laughing at his comedic genius yeah he's laughing at his own Holy fucking movie shit. i love that oh my god did you ever watch uh, when conan would upload like his skits to youtube and he did the one where he's do- doing the driver's ed for his intern. And it's yeah, Ice yeah. Cube and Kevin Hart in the back seat. I love when Ice Cube like pretends to carjacker. <laughs> Get down, motherfucker! And I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shit, man. I love when like he's trying to order like they get ready to order Wendy's or something, and like Kevin Hart gets like a like a small burger, and Ice Cube's like, "That's what you're fucking getting." He goes, "All right, you get your baby Mac." I'm going to my Big Mac. <laughs> oh, I, I fucking love Ice Cube. I, I got to see him live a couple of years ago, right before COVID hit. And it was one of the most high energy, crazy fucking concerts I've ever been to. Oh, so much fun. Yeah. I, Ice Cube's the man. Um, did, Have you guys seen Fist Fight with him and Charlie Day? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so, he plays so well off of Charlie Day. It is fucking hilarious i i love them both in fist fight but my favorite thing about that movie is the senior prank on the principal where they hire a mariachi band to follow him around all day and he can't do anything about it he's just like will you go away they're like no we got paid for the day i think my favorite scene is when they play that fucking song at his daughter's like talent show it's like the most fucking vulgar song i forget the damn song but it's just like really vulgar when she starts like singing it even when they cut the music off <laughs> I love when the, when they graduate and the one teach the one kid like the teacher says like oh he's he's trying to fuck me he he like it's like well now that we're not in class anymore I can confess my true feelings <laughs> and she's like I knew it and they hook up <laughs> this fight's really funny you should check it out yeah I'm, I'm gonna check it out yeah yeah if you, I, if you I like actually, um I think I remember the preview yeah well, so if you like Ice Cube and Charlie Day at all like. They, they alone are hilarious. Everyone else in that cast actually really brings it and it was really funny, but they yeah. alone are hilarious. <laughs> I'll have to check yeah. it out then, yeah. I'm all glad right. Ice Cube finally just committed to, like, comedy. 
because he was trying to be an action star for a long time. I've I've seen Triple X say the union does not need to be talked about. Oh yeah. I mean, clearly I he thinks he's hilarious, as we've seen with the Friday story. So I figured, you know, I, I guess he was like, I, I guess everyone else will think I'm funny too. I can't he's, believe he's not wrong. I mean, <laughs> I've also he makes me laugh. I can't believe I'm saying this, but um the triple X films with Vin Diesel are better than State of the Union. Ooh, I think the rock really? like somewhere, 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 Dwayne Johnson's muscles just tightened and he got a Charlie horse. <laughs> Justin Lynn just had an aneurysm. Anytime you praise Vin Diesel, one of them has a very painful few seconds. <laughs> How do you think it's going with the director right now? Is he like you think he's made Diesel his bitch yet on Fast X? Because that's my theory, is that the new director is just has him on, like it's like that scene, this is the end. With Channing Tatum, it's like that with Diesel now. He just has him on a fucking chain. He just walks him around like, act in my movie, you goddamn bitch. Act in it. <laughs> I I don't know, and I I'm no longer paying attention. I'm not looking into the Fast X saga anymore because I don't have to. I'm finishing this series with these last two films. I'll, I'll still watch the movie. I'm just not paying attention to the production because I don't have. Oh, to. I was about to say I'm finishing at this point. I'm too like in deep. Ball I still haven't seen all of them. I still haven't seen two and three, and I don't plan to watch them. I haven't seen um, Fast and Furious. I haven't seen uh, the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one, or the sixth one. So I'm okay. Fair enough. You yeah. know, I've 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 seen I've seen I've seen a few. It's not exactly the continuities that franchise is strong. So you're doing fine. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> And then, especially with this last one, they just really like. At first, it wasn't really that strong, but they were trying. And then the last one, they're like, "Fuck it all." Anyway, Cube, on. <laughs> yeah, Cube is awesome. Yeah. But uh, not all was awesome. Salem, as we saw, he did just get recast into a different character. He ended up playing a uh, Jericho Butler was the character's name. So they didn't get rid of him. They kept him. Just, at the time, you gotta remember, I think like you said this was lock, stock, snatch. This was not like he had the transporter and he had all his earth, so that was starting to like really take off for him. And people knew, like, okay, this is someone to look out for. This was just this guy. This that was it. He was just like, okay, I've seen this guy in lock stock. Cool. You know, not a big yeah. game. But I think he's more suited for at least at this era for, for Jericho because the guy's just a walking boner. That's his whole character. Yeah, I would say, like I said, I would say now, like a current Salem could play this role. Um, I think he could actually really crush it um, yeah. as as this character. Yeah, I agree. One could argue, if going back to the what has been proven to be just a rumor, if this was a St. Plissken movie, I'm saying it. If anyone were to play that character and it's not Kurt Russell, I could see Statham pulling it off. No, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the kibosh on that. No. Nope. Look, just Sorry. let it go. Just let it go. It's going. It doesn't have to be Kurt Russell, but it also should not be Jason Statham. He's too. I. He's always Jason. Is it because he's not American? You. Wow. No, my my pick's Tom Hardy. Oh. Oh, now yeah. you're trying to cover your cover your ass. Interesting. No, Tom Hardy. Yeah. If, if actually, Wyatt Russell's not gonna do it, it Tom Hardy's my choice. I would say both either the either Statham or um, Tom Hardy. Although Kurt could still do it. I mean, yeah, obviously that's the ideal cast range, but I would say one of those two. I wouldn't say Statham because, like, yeah, his range is limited, but 
how Snake is portrayed in Escape from New York, I could see Statham pulling off that. There wasn't it wasn't huge range. He was mostly stoic and very serious throughout Escape. Well, I think Statham's just too. He's always Jason Statham. Like he doesn't really play characters. Oh yeah, uh, I know. Um, again, you know my 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 movie knowledge is very limited, but um, my favorite role that he's ever played. Have you seen Spy? Yes, he, he is fucking he's, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's not in the movie a lot, but he has this line where he's like, he's like, this one time, I stitched my arm back together after flying out of a burning car. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so it's now fun. that's all I think about him is like the over the top action star. Yeah, while yeah. on fire, not the car. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like me. I once stood in front of Congress convincingly. In blackface. <laughs> yes. How about this? I go to the face-off machine. I get a new face. <laughs> Just God. He was perfect in that movie. He's the, he's the best yeah. part about that movie. Yeah. He committed. Um, I will say I would t- technically, I would welcome a Tom Hardy snake because as much as I love Tom Hardy, I also look forward to whatever goddamn um, grumble uh, accent he's going to do. <laughs> snake. I get the president back. <laughs> I love it. Him. It like it. It shouldn't be good, but somehow I'm like, what's he going to do this time? What's 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 the accent mixed grumbling going to be in this movie from Mr. Tom Hardy? I mean, ideally, they don't fucking touch Escape from New York, and they just ideally. let us have that. But if they are going to remake it, and I'm sure they will, try. I mean, every Carpenter remake sucks ass. And I don't count Halloween 2018 because that's not a remake, despite what some people may say. But every Carpenter legacy film that they've sequel. remade has been terrible. Huh? Well, this is a legacy sequel as established by Five Cream. Or or a requel, as they say. Oh, yes, requel. Yeah, five Cream. <laughs> I'll never not find that funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind Zombies Halloween remake. I mean, it's obviously nowhere near as good as like the original Halloween. <laughs> but like, I don't mind it. There's still things I'm like, not keen on, but I don't hate it. I think the only one that has a chance is Christine, and that's because it's more King than it is Carpenter. Honestly, yeah, I think they're going back to the book a bit more. Not that Carpenter really went hugely off the book with their... Yeah, they're using it as a blueprint to try to stick even more closely to it to be different. Cool. but Well, yeah. uh, yeah. So, with that, production actually goes smoothly. I had no... Nothing tracked down for a bad production. Um, the only issue I found was they did have to shut down for a week because. Uh, <laughs> Let me guess. Let me guess. Somebody oh, ran over Natasha Hentrich's foot. N- no, but that would be funny. <laughs> Unlike Courtney Love, she just they waited for her. <laughs> that would be fucking great. <laughs> wait for her instead. Like, no, no. We'll wait for the species lady. Not Miss Hole. Um, Miss Hole. <laughs> oh God. Uh, no, but it does involve uh, Natasha Hendricks. Um, she actually fell ill, um, due to extreme ex- exhaustion because she had actually done two other films. I'm assuming one was Species, back to back, and then joined this at the last minute. So she had like no break. Movie, movie, do this, and she exhausted herself and actually got sick, and that's why they shut down for a week. Hmm. Okay. Well, I feel like Carpenter, you know, I mean, 
he gets a lot of credit for his, you know, really cool atmospheric films and his, you know, music. But as a director, dude's a fucking problem solver. Like he's really good at managing a production, fixing problems, making sure everything is running smoothly. I mean, just look at like, you know, Halloween with the shoestring budget he had and what he was able to create just using people and like celebrating ideas oh. and everything. So yeah, I can, I get why I, I bet a lot of his productions went smoothly. Oh yeah. That's another thing. Uh, Colson, if you haven't had a chance, um, there's plenty of documentaries on it. Look up the making of Halloween, man. Holy shit. Crazy. It's fucking great so you have this film that has i could find barely anything it's terrible and then you have halloween which is one of the greatest horror films of all time and production is fucking insane so much was happening to him while he was making that that should have said like this film's going to fucking suck it's never going to get finished like it was bad um he was i mean even the little thing at the beginning was his john carpenter's halloween he had a fight for that because it was like his second it, it's insane the behind the scenes of that film and what we got out of it. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out. I like I like learning about when um, movies um, like push through. Uh, like the first episode I did on the show, Wizards. Like <laughs> like when movies like push through hell, and you see what you like the filmmaker's vision. That's that's always so fucking cool to me. So yeah, I'll definitely check out the documentary. Yeah. Sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. I think one of the more recent examples was the new Mad Max. Like how long it took George Miller to get that damn film out and everything he faced, and it turned into like one of the best fucking action films of recent memory, and got yeah. all this like actual like critical acclaim and everything. It was like holy shit, like that all paid off. Thankfully, my my favorite thing about the Mad Max Fury Road aftermath was the Oscars, where. It won all of the product, all of the technical awards, and nobody fucking dressed up. Like all these like Australian biker people just showed up at the Oscars accepting awards in like jeans and t-shirts and shit and being like, Are you, you serious? Know, it's my home country. I'm so proud of myself. Like just it was so <laughs> crazy. It was the best. <laughs> I, I would do it if I ever was in a like worked on film where like I got nominated to Oscars and won, I would be t-shirt and a horror shirt, like a horror shirt and shorts and be like. Thank you. And then leave. I would not give a shit. I'd be like, I'm not trusting off for this. Fuck you. <laughs> that should be your speech right there. <laughs> I'm not dressing up for this. Fuck you. And then You're you not going to walk off. <laughs> look, I'll be like, look, you guys let dudes get slapped on stage. I'm not worried about what you do to me. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, but yeah, Carpenter knows how to keep a production together. So. No drama, I would imagine. Yeah, dude, it, um, it really stands. I know I've talked about it a lot with you, um, but like a little bit more fine about me going is that like I'm a, such a big fan of Carpenter and Russ Craven. Like these were two horror directors that just they got shit done essentially. They knew how to work through problems and create like get their vision and what they wanted out. I would say Carpenter had more issues in that regard than Craven. Craven tended to get the favored studio backing um, more so than Carpenter did. The fact that Carpenter, you know, it sucks that he did get to the point where he said, fuck it, I'm done, like, and walked away from Hollywood. But the fact that he persevered for as long as he did, especially in, like, essentially a whole decade in the 80s, and came out with, like, hit after hit after, or now, hit after hit after hit, um, is just impressive. My, My favorite Carpenter story to date is when 
it was announced that he died and then he tweeted his obituary like uh nobody told me (laughs) it's like the first time we'd heard from him in 10 15 years and he was like still here (laughs) just just playing video games making music yeah (laughs) i mean if anyone cares it did have that vibe of like, remember me, assholes? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just put on there, bow at my feet. <laughs> That's got to be harsh. You wake up, you're like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, I'm getting somebody fired today. <laughs> Do you and think I- he might have had a second when he was like, he was like, fuck him? He's like, no, okay. <laughs> No, I feel like he'd be like, you know, I, I'd be the first to know, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have had a moment where I'm like, how can I use this in my advantage? Does this mean now? <laughs> yeah. I can... Like, what, what can I do to make this work out in my favor right now? Oh, my God. He should have just laid low for a little bit. And then, like, two, three years later, been like, ah! Like, <laughs> <laughs> escape from New York 3, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I finally made it. Escape from the dead. <laughs> oh my god. That would have been amazing. Like Starring himself. Film. Yeah. Escape from the dead sounds like a Romero title. It it, it does. But I mean, I wish he was still here. They could have done they could have co- collaborated that together. Hmm. Well, they're still yeah. trying to do his uh his Road of the Dead, but I haven't heard about that in years, so I don't know how. I, yeah, I remember reading about that and then yeah, I don't know. nothing. Yeah, I don't know how far that's gone along. I did get the book they he was writing that they finished writing in his name, um, The Living Dead. Really solid book. Really oh, yeah. that. Isn't it, it's told from the perspective of a zombie, right? Like it's there's parts of it, yes. Um, so it's like it's multiple characters, and one of those is you're actually getting zombie perspective of how they think, which leads to like because if you like if you watch them in order, like Romero was never shy about letting his zombies evolve point like you see in land they're walking through water they're trying to have kind of like basic human yeah. functions kind of coming back um and you actually get to get that point of view in the in the book where you have it where they're literally just thinking about mindless eating eating, eating. i'm so hungry i need to eat type mm. of drive to they're trying to have this cognitive thought in a bit and there's literally parts where like you talk about how like years down it the survivors are going to this town and the way it says that as long as they stay out certain areas of the town the zombies leave them alone like mm-hmm. they just won't touch them. They're like, you stay out of here, we leave you alone. Damn. Wait, they wait, they make their own town? Yeah. Like all the zombies just like because like they start kind of slowly reverting back to the old, old selves. Um, so they're like staying in a town. I can't, they call it like Z Towns. I forget what they call it, but they call it like that. Mm-hmm. And there's like a respect made to we don't go into certain areas, we leave certain things alone, and you don't come after us, you leave us alone. Holy shit, that's cool. Peak zombie evolution for me was when Bub shot Rhodes, got his ass killed. That was satisfying. Day of the Dead. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, bringing it back in there. So that's actually it all got on the actual production um, post after this film came out. So along with the aforementioned critical and commercial bomb, it was um, there was um, things said, consequences felt for certain uh, high-profile criminals, a.k.a. the director. Um, starting with Ice Cube. The Cube. Ice. <laughs> he would speak critically about the film, saying he didn't like the movie be- 
Uh, but the reason he did it was because he's actually a big fan of John Carpenter and saw that he was directing. So he wanted to do this movie just on that name alone. He was the one I was alluding to earlier. So like, I want to do this because it's John Carpenter. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. You're a fan and you're in his worst movie. Yeah. And yeah, he, uh, since it came out, he's been critical about it saying it, yeah, it did not turn out the way we wanted it. You know, they tried doing all these, one of the things he said was like, they tried doing all the CGI and we just didn't have the budget for it. And yeah, so I can't imagine like Ice Cube of all people being like, I'm a huge chunk, like huge chunk of friend, like, oh, dude, yeah, give me that script. I want to do it. And then uh, he watches the final product going, God damn it. Well, you always read the script. You don't just accept <laughs> it on a director, always read the script because you could end up in Carpenter's worst movie. But how do you like during filming? He had to be like, this is fucking stupid. Like, like how, like how do you, like how do you say lines that are stupid and you're like oh man that was cool no like you, you have to think that well, he had to money yeah at that I point guess. yeah at that point he signed the contract he's in this production it's it's happening so it's, might as well just deal with it yeah yeah True. sometimes actors like obviously you know because they get asked like do you know it's gonna be a big hit like obviously they don't know if the film's gonna be a big hit or a big culture phenomenon. You know what I mean? Like when Karen was at John Wick, I doubt he knew it would be what it was for him. You know what I mean? That just mm. was a bonus. But they, I have heard I've talking past that sometimes when they film it, you can start to tell where like this probably won't end up good, where it's just because of the way production's gone, the, the script that sounded good when you read it, all of a sudden it, things were changed or it does not sound so good actually saying these lines out loud. <laughs> Whatever reason, I've heard actors before talk about like you can kind of pick up on like, okay, this may not be a good uh, product at, in the end. Yeah. True, but sometimes you know that can be completely off because, like, look at Alec Guinness on Star Wars, who thought this is schlock. These this dialogue makes no sense. What the hell is this stupid space wizard movie I'm a part of? Why do I? Why did I sign on to this? And then it becomes one of the biggest movies of all time. Well, so, and then that, yeah. that's when it comes to the money thing, right? Like most good, decent enough actors, right, or entertainers of any kind. Because Ice Cube, I would say, is an overall entertainer at this point. Um, when they sign, even if they can see, like, like you said, Alex is very vocal about his dislike for that script. He still, once he got paid, was like, well, I'm going to give you Alex Guinness. You know what I mean? Like, Ice Cube was like, look, yeah. even if you probably thought this is shit, he's like, no, it's a, I'm going to give you Ice Cube because this is, I signed the contract, I'm getting paid, you're in Ice Cube. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny to me. Like, this is terrible, but you, you, you bought Ice Cube, you're getting Ice Cube. Yeah. I feel bad for uh, like Oscar, this, um, just actors who like know what they're making is garbage. I feel bad for like Oscar Isaacs and um, oh fuck, what's the other guy's name? The 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 two like main male characters in the new Star Wars movie. They hate it so much, and oh. they're huge Star Wars fans. Yeah. Um, there you go. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but look, I'll say this, like, and I've, I've said before in other episodes and stuff, like, I, I, I have very much, very much respect at the very least, even if it's shit, even if it's, you're not one of those actors that's just like, I got my paycheck, I'm going to phone it in, like, because as far as I'm concerned, your job is to act, so do your fucking job. <laughs> yeah. So even if it's shit, be Nicolas Cage, give it your all every time, because guess what, at the end of the day, it will look good on you. It may not seem like it, but it does. Because then what happens is people go, well, yeah, this film was shit, but he was really good. 
and it may take years, but it will come back to catch up and be like, well, let's get this actor because this one actually, they're good to work with. They commit to the fucking products. So we want to work with them or her. Yeah. And then we get good, good content out of it. So yeah, yeah commit, you know, do your, yeah. What was it? What did uh, Ron Swanson once say? Never half ass two things, whole ass one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, look, if, if you're an actor, I don't, ha- especially the, like, the ones that get older and they clearly don't want to keep acting, but they're so down. I'm like, just stop. You have enough to retire. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I have no fucking sympathy. Your job, you made, you're a professional career actor. That is your mm-hmm. job. So do your fucking job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Or, yeah. That's why you're getting paid, you know? Yeah. Um, but with that, let's move on to Carpenter himself and what he thought. So, initially, he would defend the film by saying he was intentionally trying to make the film as over the top and tongue in cheek as possible. No, it wasn't. No, that's a fucking lie. Yeah, that's 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 not true. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm. I'm just saying this is this is what I'm laying down as what was said. (laughs) I'm just saying, John Carpenter, you lied to us. It's like a uh, James Cameron constantly saying, like, oh, this is the best Terminator sequel. And as soon as the fucking shit went back to me, he goes, all those films sucked. I yeah. was paid to say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That, was, that was funny as hell. He's like, there's never been a greater Terminator movie. And then as soon as it was like the NDA expired, he's like, that was shit. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good past my first two. He's not wrong. <laughs> you know, I did like Dark Fate, and I think America was wrong on Dark Fate. That was a great goddamn Terminator film. I agree. I say that because no one saw it. I said now we I saw it. Um <laughs> but since then he's changed his tune a bit, Mr. Car not Cameron Carpenter. Cameron's been, you know, stuck on Pandora and up his own ass for the past he, 12 years. So yeah, he's he's making five Avatar sequels. So um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Carpenter has now stated he was uh, frustrated. Most people thought it was meant to be a serious horror film and that he sure have made the film more openly comedic and in on the joke. That, that just sounds like I made a bad movie with extra steps. Yes. He even went, I don't have it here, but I remember he even went as far as saying, like, I thought people would get it with the title because it's a pretty can't be title and i'm like but your name's attached to it john no <laughs> what you you put john carpenters in front of something people are going to be like ooh and not oh this looks stupid <laughs> that his name carries weight john carpenters vampires sounds intriguing vampires just sounds like it could be fucking any generic bullshit another tracula <laughs> adaptation yeah like Okay, Monty Python's Ghost of Mars. <laughs> okay, there you go. Great. Yeah, then but it's no. tongue in cheek, and I'm like, oh, I can laugh at this because this is supposed to be terrible. Yeah, but you can't backtrack. You can't retroactively say you made a parody. You can't do that. No, no. <laughs> Wes Craven's Dumb and Dumber. It doesn't. That would be awesome. I kind of want to see that. <laughs> like two idiots versus like Jason. How cool would that be? Tucker and Dale versus Evil is basically horror Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, kind of, but I want like a movie where they're like actively being hunted and they don't <laughs> even realize they're being hunted. 
Sorry, I'm <laughs> thinking of Tucker and Dover. My mind's still on that movie now. It's a great <laughs> movie. With the wood chipper. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> There's these crazy kids out there. Oh, that, I love that movie. It's such a good movie. So good. Unlike this movie. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, like, you know what's funny? When I said uh, your name's on it, John, for some reason, I immediately jumped to Whitest Kids You Know and that whole skit of, listen to the woman, John. <laughs> you, you have fucked up. You have fucked up. You have fucked up now. <laughs> ah, for those you have not seen that show, it was a wonderful show. Check out that skit on YouTube. It's how Abraham Lincoln actually died. It's so fucking funny. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was funny. So good. That's where I get the the the, the grapist from. It's a commercial. Yeah, yeah. Grape. And they're like, I'm going to grape you in the mouth. <laughs> and they find, like, it sounds a lot like, and then the guy's like, oh my God, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> it's grape. Jesus. My God. Oh, the 2000s, a lawless wasteland of raunchy comedy. Such a good show. Uh, RAP to the one we lost, Trevor Moore. That was an unexpected uh, death, I believe, last year. Yeah, I remember that. He, like, he had like a freak accident. Yeah. I and mean, that was sad. He was, one, he was actually my favorite member. He was, he was kind of like the mastermind behind it, I believe. And he was fucking great. But uh, with that, um, on that funny note, either way, regardless of what the fuck Carpenter said, what we know is fact, regardless of what he was saying about the phones, that this would cause him to leave Hollywood for good. I got to specify that. Hollywood, he would come back to direct one more film, The Ward, in 2010. But that was an indie production. I think he had nothing to do with Hollywood. And that went so fucking bad, apparently. He... At that point, stepped away from directing forever. Has not done it since. Um, not always lost over though people on like those like myself so weighing on a fucking Friday 13th film. Um, because in 2018 he came back to the world of scoring um and just gave us the score for 2018's Halloween, its sequel Halloween Kills, the upcoming Halloween ends again, Eric Crows until the next fucking person wants to make a Halloween movie. Um <laughs> And recently, in a weird uh, sort of fate, I guess, uh, the recent Firestarter, which I say because he was originally attached to the original Firestarter film from the 80s. Oh, but wow. he got, yeah, he got booted off because of how bad the thing bombed. The thing bombed? Oh, yeah. Thing bombed horribly. Yeah, It was, it was reclaimed later as a, as a uh, cult classic, but initially it did horribly. Mm. Yep, it did horribly. He got bearded off. And then the turn of fate was that, yeah, Fowler has a following, but I mean, the thing is considered now a, a titan of horror cinema. It's considered one of the greats now. You can't so, always trust the numbers. Yeah, that's why. As much as like, as much as I do look at opening weekend, if it's a film I love, because I, you know, I'm curious if we'll get that sequel. As the way I hate how Hollywood relies so much on opening weekend, because to me, it's not about opening weekend. It's about how long your film lasts. You know what I mean? Yes. Something like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, right? This is a film that 
you know, Lord of the Rings, for example, it's, you know, I think yeah, about 20 years old now, almost. I think we're getting close to it with the last one, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet, still watch it to the state. It's still considered the benchmark of fantasy um, genre cinema to the state. So, yeah. like, you know, it, it doesn't matter opening box office. It matters on the legs, how long this film lasts. Uh, Charlie and uh, Willy Wonka, excuse me, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory um, was reviled, hated when it came out in the 70s and is considered one of the greatest films ever made now. Yeah, that's insane. Real quick, I watched a video of uh, it was Johnny Depp talking about how he developed his Wonka voice for Charlie. Oh, yeah. And it's so weird hearing Wonka's voice coming out of regular Johnny Depp. Yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> I look not not to like put that man down on his on his victorious state that we are recording this episode, but I do not like his Charlie or his uh, Willy Wonka. I don't like Charlie and Chuck Factory. It's terrible. It's a terrible remake. Yeah, yeah. Gene Wilder all the way. Mm-hmm. But on that note, that's all I have actually for this. Um, bittersweet note, I'd say you know we did lose to me one of the greatest American directors to ever fucking grace the screen and give us something so special. But the fact that he's at least doing scores again. Because, you know, regardless of the quality of what you think of the Halloween sequels, I know apparently if you get online, it's like love-hate thing with people, man. Um, and then obviously with the recent release of Firestarter, regardless of the quality of the film, if one thing has been proven consistent, that man's score yeah. kicks ass. Yeah. So His music is the only thing I liked about the new Firestarter. That was it. I was I have the music. I downloaded the music, but I'm never watching that piece of shit movie again. Yeah, I heard it was really bad. I haven't seen it, but the score was fantastic, and the movie quality is nowhere near that score. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, Unless you guys have anything else for any last minute, you know, addendums, (laughs) we will move on. Yeah, we can table that for a further meeting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Addendums. All right, so we're going to close this this uh, transactional business. Move on to the next point to talk about. <laughs> That's good content. Just turn this into a whole business meeting. Um, <laughs> right, now we have time for a- awards, um, and because now for our very for for our guest here, how we're going to do this is I was going to let Colton be the be the man to go first. Have the honor. And then we'll do Connor, and then I will go last because I host the show anyway. So, so that, I, I I like read all of like that, all the awards one at a time. First, yeah, we're okay. gonna do the best scene. Then we'll do best line or sorry, worst for Sunday. Worst scene, worst line, worst performance, worst decision, silver lining. So we'll take it. We'll do yours, and I'll do mine. And Caleb does his, and then we'll do the next award. Yeah. So with that, let's start with the first award: the worst scene. Knows the Zach. Snyder, Connor's favorite director of all time. Um, <laughs> I heard uh, Colton. Where'd you Where'd you come up with? So for this uh, Zach Snyder Award, um, I was really torn between the possession scene when she's like laying there and she's like getting high, I guess, but she's also fighting the possession. And I was originally going to do that one because that was stupid. I thought it was like really cringy just watching her face kind of struggle, but I have to go with the first fight scene where they come out of the prison and it's like a, like a fight just because 
I don't know if it was in slow motion or not because they were moving slow, but their hair was like moving at a normal speed. And I shouted at the TV. I was screaming, you have a gun. You have a gun because they were just hitting people with their guns. They weren't shooting them. They were fucking swinging them like they were swords. And I got so fucking pissed that uh, I chose that as the worst scene. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you can honestly add almost any of the action scenes in this film. <laughs> yeah. Because, and again, this is a guy that, again, you think Carpenter, Stolen Precinct 13, Escape from New York, Big Trouble, the guy can do action. And then you watch this, and you're like, what the fuck happened? He can do action. He can do horror. So great. He does an action horror movie. He can do sci-fi. Great. He does an action horror sci-fi. It all fucking falls apart. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> But yeah, the action sequences are terrible in this. Um, that first scene you almost went with, I remember thinking, like, when Statham gives her the drug and he's like, this will fight whatever's inside her. And yeah. we're all, like, the message there is like, street drugs save lives. Yes. <laughs> and that is a terrible message to walk away with this. Which is funny from the guy who gave us They Live. It's like, you just had a whole movie about how you sure and obey and like, you know, you know consumerism <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, hey kids, street drugs save and lives. If apparently whatever is in her little stash can fight off Martian ghosts, why aren't they feeding these pills to everybody? They, they, they never talk about it again. They never bring it up. Like she's no. telling the story to these people, and she's like, she's like, yeah, you know, I was able to get you know the the ghost out of me because I use drugs. Okay, then fucking like use them again. What yeah. keep using the trucks? Yeah, keep doing drugs. That's well, another Courtney Love was almost in this, by the way. Just who <laughs> <laughs> would have never been infected? Oh, um, you mentioned it with the guns and how they just dude. So many times I'm sitting there going, Why are they just hitting them with their guns, and not shooting? Because I haven't even seen them like usually you see them shoot, go, shit I'm out of ammo. And then that's why they're hitting. Like, it makes sense. You're like, okay, I have my thematic reason why they're doing this. That never happens. I never see them shoot. They just go straight to hitting. I'm like, that's not effective. To the point that, like, when we get to the end scene and they're like, you know, he's loading up and they're having their, like, oh, I can't wait to go out there and kick some ass. Can you? No, I can't. And, like, (laughs) it's so bad, dude. And I'm thinking, why do you even have your guns? You're just going to hit them with it. You're not going to shoot a goddamn bullet. You're going to hit them with it. When, when when they meet, um, you know, uh, when, oh, fuck, I forgot his name. Why no, I didn't forget his name. Desolation. When they meet his friends, Jason Statham is like, do you guys have any weapons? And they hold up, like, sticks. And he was like, no, no, do you have any real weapons? You know, like, guns. But they just end up using the guns like sticks anyway. So, like, what the fuck? He, even Jason Statham, he uses his gun as a stick. So... I don't know. Yeah, this is like pre like we see Jason pulling off fight moves, so it's just like if you watch it now and you've seen like all of Chase, like most of his filmography now, you're like, dude, just do your fucking like moves. We know you can do it. Exactly. <laughs> Quickly before the Germans get here. <laughs> I love snatch. Um, yeah, good, good one. Um, I wrote down a few scenes. Because I kept adding to it, like, oh my god! Oh, dude, <laughs> I had like five by the time the movie was had, over. Dude, I had so many. I had to pick one. It was hard. I went with one that I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" I had to tell myself, like, somebody wrote this down and thought, "Oh, this is a great idea." Um, 
it's when we so throughout the first half of the movie we keep getting glimpses of this leader this martian ghost leader who in the cast list is credited as i shit you not big daddy mars no no dude yeah big daddy mars that's our bad guy you want to taste some big daddy mars tonight (laughs) um but all he does is my big daddy all that dude does the whole time is just like like yell in vowels and he's like he looks ferocious he looks big and the scene i picked is when he crashes through the ceiling of the armory or whatever statham hits him twice he falls down and immediately gets lit on fire (laughs) i'm like well that was it i thought for a second like there he goes there's big daddy mars he comes back later with like burn scars and still goes, ah, and still doesn't do anything. But just that was our introduction, like our bad guy meeting our good guy. He gets knocked down immediately and let on fire and they just walk away. It's depressing, <laughs> like how, how, how far they go and making these guys actually kind of look cool. Like there's clearly something there. And yet yep. they're the most underwhelming villains. And like big guy looks like cool. Like he looks like all joking aside about his name. Like someone you want to fuck with, like okay, he would be the leader, but then oh, you yeah, see it sure. execute, yeah, you see it execute, and you're like, I feel like I could actually have just taken these guys on, also because I would have been able to dodge the fucking disc you're throwing by not sticking my head out in an open space like that. <laughs> Half the time, that's how they died. Let me just peek around the corner and not move. I'm watching the disc fly at me. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. So that was that's what I went with. Our official introduction to Big Daddy Mars, regrettably not played by Big Daddy Kane. What's uh, up, Kane? <laughs> immediately what I thought of, too. What's <laughs> up, <Sup>, Kane? <laughs> well, uh, Kayla, what did you have? I, so I had a lot of stuff, a lot of really big scenes, action, right? The, the stupid little truck sequence. But I went with a small moment, a small moment that as soon as I went, why the fuck did you do that on the budget you did not have? And that's towards the end when they the city blows up and it does the quick shot of Mars and the horrible CGI bomb cloud. Yes. Oh, as, <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I went, that's my scene. Because that <laughs> looked absolutely awful. And this thing, I've watched plenty of fucking sci-fi, like low-budget sci-fi action type films like this that like don't have the best fucking CGI anymore. Like it's aged terribly, but the film itself is great. Like yeah, I can agree. Like Pitch Black, for example, from I love. Um, the opening scene when you're seeing the ship doesn't fucking really hold up. Like it's starting to, the CGI there is showing because it was a low lower budget. But I like the film so much of what proceeds so much that I can forgive that. Not the case here. I was already yeah. hating what I was watching. So when I saw that, I went, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, they said um that the bomb was only supposed to be like a mile or two miles, right? That was a nuke. Yeah. When that when I saw that scene, I, I was like, so that's not a mile, but okay. The fourth of the fucking planet. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my runner up was the random scene where Statham tries to seduce Natasha Henstridge. Yo, in, dude, in the I had that room. written down too. I was like, the fuck is happening yeah. here? Like, like, how many hey, are you, Carpenter? Jesus. Check this out. Like, literally, they're surrounded by Martian ghost demon monster things. And he's like, well, this might be the last time we get a fuck. So, how about yeah, it? And, and she like, immediately is like, all right. And starts making out with him. Like, yeah. She says, she says, yeah. And then kisses him. Yeah. Look who just became the last man on Mars. 
Like, Jesus Christ. Out of nowhere. And then, of course, it's interrupted by, you know, the monsters attacking the fucking compound. Yeah. I have two things on that. One, I wish it was that easy in real life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I got to find some Martian ghosts. Clearly, that's, yeah. the, that's the catalyst. Yeah. Two, <laughs> for me, I was like, is this, a, is this a Carpenter film? I'm about to watch porn. Because that's what this whole setup felt like. It felt it did. more like a porn setup, like yeah, it's like we were like gonna cut to just like straight up like mich- like you know doggy style against the wall. Like it felt like we were gonna cut to that. Yeah, yeah, like softcore because it's Carpenter. We don't do hardcore. We're not seeing penetration. It's softcore with that music playing in the background. Yep. So you can't hear them moaning because it's fucking softcore. <laughs> <laughs> I could see John Carpenter. Um, just based on this film, um, I could see him direct a porno. I guess. can you imagine like the most like. Well produced, <laughs> dude. Expertly shot. The music would be amazing. <laughs> the music would be going as hard as they're going. Yeah, he'd be scoring in real time. He'd be off on off camera with a fucking synth, just staring, just be like, bam, 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 just going into it. They start like slowing down. He's like, no, 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 no. Speed it up. Now is not the time to slow. Yeah. This is John Carpenter's ass on Precinct 13. So let's <laughs> do this right. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> you could also just call it the thing. But no. <laughs> you changed nothing. It's just the thing. Oh my God. It's just John without an H. <laughs> That's his alias. Actually, you can do that with a lot of his titles. Big Trouble in Little China. You probably don't have to change that title. Yeah, don't change that title. <laughs> oh my god. They, well, they live, they fuck. There you go. Straight <laughs> to the point. I've come here to chew bubble gum and fuck bitches. I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that's where Halloweener comes back into play. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good nose i didn't go into the <laughs> wood <laughs> ah. the worst line our lines um i don't i i, I don't know you if you got the update on that colon totally forgot to mention it you have up to three you can pick for this so i can pick three yeah oh man so, if you want to add any that you might if not just stick with whatever you picked i forgot to mention that um <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Hold on. Now Worst I have line or lines. All right. So the one that I wrote down. Okay, actually. Okay, I have a couple. So I have the one where, you know, she um she says, let me put it this way. Maybe I'd sleep with you if you were the last man on earth, but we're not on earth. I was like, that's fucking stupid, but nice burn. Um <laughs> Nice, but stupid. Okay. Yeah. There's a very, it's very quick at the beginning of the movie. Um, the guy who's like driving the train, someone hands him a cup of coffee, and he's like, he's like, he go just the way you like it, and then he looks at the other girl and he's like, can I get you anything? 
Like, I think it was unintentional, but the way that he gives him his coffee is so assertive. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. We actually have overlap because I wrote that down too because I was so aggressive (laughs) for a coffee run. Yeah. He's like, just the way you like it. Can I get you anything? Well, even the way he asked her, it was just like, you want some? It's like, Jesus. Are you asking for coffee? Are you like about to fuck her? Like, because everyone's horny for this chick. I should point that out too. Everyone wants to fuck her. Like, we haven't left the species set. You can tell Carpenter just didn't give a fuck anymore because he didn't ask for another take of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just the way you like it. Black. No cream. (laughs) No sugar. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on. (laughs) Unreal. Yeah, that dude, that was like his first day or he was nervous or something, but yeah. As soon as I said black, I went to Zach and Mary make a porno. Yeah, I had a cup of coffee. Black. Can you see we're talking? White. White. <laughs> <laughs> a great line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But the actual line I wrote down was at the beginning of the movie, and it's um, she's like rubbing the the commander is like rubbing her shoulder, and she's like, "I need you straight," and she's like, "I am." And she's like, bummer. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that? First off, as a military member, away our line, ma'am. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, let's calm down. And two, again, I say again, why does everyone want to fuck Natasha Hendricks in this movie? It's <laughs> yeah. almost aggressive how everyone just wants to get in her pants. Yes. So were they supposed to be like, military or like local police some, some kind of like martian police units how they were described okay whatever that's needed i guess i'll Don't take ask questions i feel like a lot was stolen from doom but okay <laughs> um all right my line is um, a line from statham it's when they first find the giant gaggle of corpses hanging from the ceiling which we never see again. They don't. The Martians don't do that to anybody else, which is kind of weird. Uh, and Statham just randomly goes, "This is not making me happy." Ah, uh, fuck it. I, I wrote that. I didn't write it down as the worst line. I wrote it down as a funny line because it made me laugh. I was like, I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Like, this is not the way you should be reacting to this much death, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> I I love okay. it. I'm Jericho. I mean. I want someone to just sit there looking at me like, well, no shit. <laughs> Clearly, it's keeping you horny, though, because that didn't change. Yeah. No. I would love if like, someone just freaked out. Like, that's your response? There's people just dang it. Like, they just, just lose it. I would, I would love if the entire movie, there is a very clear and pronounced boner <laughs> on Jason Statham the whole time. It would be a character. Hard. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't have to be addressed. Although everyone does, you know, have a quick glance. Like, is what this is hard right now? What like, did the whole you time. This scene in where Statham just randomly walks into a room, butt naked, rock hard, sees that she's an island, goes, ah, shit, and just walks back, and then comes in with clothes, and we never address it. <laughs> Better yet, he comes in with clothes, and he's like, oh shit, he comes back completely naked. <laughs> That's better. For the rest of the movie, he's hanging dong. Now, would his career have, like, would it have just exploded early? Like, right depends on how imp- I feel like it depends on how impressive he is down there. 
I feel like if, if he does that, he doesn't need the transporter franchise to become oh, wow. huge because we would probably see he's already pretty huge. <laughs> I have a feeling a man that confident is is rocking some good equipment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. His uh his career wouldn't be the only thing exploding. Oh <laughs> we can only dream. All right, before we go down this rabbit hole way too much. <laughs> yeah. For mine, I had two. Like I said, the first one was also the just way, like because like you said, the way that is delivered. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I actually reround. I remember I had to rewind it because I was in disbelief <laughs> on the delivery. I'm like, did you really like our head? He was like, Hey man, here's your coffee. Would you like some? Like that I acted that better than he did. And I had no camera on me and no direction. Like, yeah. Why was this so aggressive? What'd he do to piss you off? I don't know, man, but that was hilarious. It, re- it reminded me of that extra in The Dark Knight when Harvey Dent's giving his press conference when he's about to announce that he's Batman, and some dude goes, things are worse than ever. <laughs> like, delivery is important. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a thing as overacting. Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ooh. What is it? And uh, I think it was in Batman and Robin when that one dude in the background's like, yeah, they're oh. here, yeah. Yeah, that, that was Batman Forever. I, yeah, I remember like, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck was that for, dude? You're just an extra. Shut, take it down a notch. <laughs> Do you ever see in Ghostbusters the when they get to the tower at the end and they're about to go fight uh, Gozer? There's some dude right behind them who like is just hamming it up. He's like, Ghostbusters, all right, like freaking <laughs> out. And it's it's crazy. The dudes become like iconic because of that shit. God damn it! Yeah, people seize their moment. They're like, I'm gonna rem- I'm gonna be remembered. So <laughs> all I've got to say is a coffee order. People are gonna remember that. It may not be good, but god damn it, they'll know me. <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, luckily I have another line. This one said by Ice Cube. I feel like I, you always gotta try to say his name tough because he just that's the, what he puts out. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, it's when they're all holed up in the prison. They're getting the things are starting to break in. It's the final stand, the Sultan Precinct Thirteen moment. <laughs> and he he really non-committed goes, "Here we go, it's party time." Uh. <laughs> no, the fuck, it's not Ice Cube. No, the fuck, it's not. Go party with the Anaconda again. How's that sound? This I feel like this big. <laughs> I feel like if they tried to cram as many like catchy one like one liners in this movie as they possibly could, and they're all terrible. Was there a "Here we go again"? Did, did we get one of those? I don't yeah, well, we... at the very end of the movie, yeah, they were like, "Oh yeah, like we're gonna kick ass." It's what we do best. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's funny that like there's lines like this in a film by John Fucking Carpenter. And I think a better job in Anaconda. And I can't tell you the director off the top of my head for that movie. When, when she's like, it's what we do best. I wanted to, I wanted to be like, all your friends just died. Yes. I was like, this is pretty oh recent. Oh my God. I have so many. I it's texted been a you. Day. <laughs> like, I, this is something you say like in the second or third film. When we've established that you have a kick-ass character in here. It's not like I just saw you do all this yes. stuff. And you really weren't even that great. Like I had to watch a whole drug sequence. And you fight yes. it off. Yeah. Like, I want to hear that shit in Ghosts of Venus or Ghosts of Jupiter, but not the first movie. I texted Connor as soon as the movie was over. As soon as they said it's what we do best, I was so pissed off. I was like, there's no fucking way 
that they just <laughs> ended this movie like this because they cut it off before something interesting could happen. There is no closure at the end of this movie. They didn't defeat the 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 alien. Not, just ends. Yeah. All they did was kill all the innocent possessed colonists and let the ghosts roam free to the next like civilized yeah. town. There's no conclusion. And real quick on side note, I have the porn tire for this movie. So we're naming planets Ghost of Uranus. Um, there you go. Oh, it works because there's an actual planet in Uranus. And then, you know, and then your, your, yeah. your butthole. Yeah. Penis in it. Um, That's good. I'm, I, I can be good sometimes. <laughs> I would also yeah, say no. Ghosts of Arse. Oh, since we got a Brit in this movie. In- international, I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like the way this film's in, and like I'm not like I don't mind when they when a good film does this. Like because I've seen films that I'm into and they do that, and I get it. It makes you hungry for more. Like hey, yeah, we're going in like this, but there's going to be a sequel. You know what I mean? Um, John Wick has been kind of doing that recently with the sequels, where they're like, oh wait, there's more, but they earned that with those films. People are really into those; are huge hits. We know we're getting another one. So it's that's like, the yeah. thing. That's the thing. You got to earn it. You got to yeah. earn it. Yeah, with this, it's like maybe have a nice, satisfying conclusion, and then had this been a hit, you could have done a sequel with that type of ending, and it would have totally worked. I would have been like, yeah, bring on fucking third film. Let's do this. Yeah, I would have also liked if you know Desolation shows up. She's like Desolation. I heard you were dead. Just a little, <laughs> little snake reference there. What if like all his dialogue is just clearly Snake Plissken dialogue? It, well. Well, it's, it's Ice Cube dialogue. If you just took Snake all Snake Plissken's lines from Escape from New York and just read those as his dialogue, even though it wouldn't connect at all to the movie, no, but it's just Ice Cube being I like so like Ice. You don't have to use that. Now nah, I'm using it. <laughs> that would be funny. Thanks to that whole PSA thing they sent out for like in conjunction with the boys. I'm just imagining every actor doing what Jensen Ackles was at then. That wings like. All right, we're done. No, we, we actually need one take. No, you don't. That's a wrap. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was great. Now let's just blame what every actor I think of with these movies. Now, Ice Cube, you know you don't have to say the lines from East Cape New York. Yes, I do. That's what we're doing. Call me Snake. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, all right. Now for the next door. Now I feel like this should be fun. Because either we all have the same person or different people. We're going to find out. Because I don't think anyone really did a great job in this film. And that's the Steven Seagal. The worst performance. So, Colton, who did you end up on? Um, I was going to pick, um, I don't know her name, but not the main character woman, but the one that shoots the prisoner because she, like, didn't do anything in the movie. But I'm actually going to go, yeah. But I'm actually going to go with the protagonist. Um. I keep forgetting her name. Natasha but, Henstridge. Nat- yeah, yeah, Natasha. Natasha. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with her just because she had no emotion through the entire movie, and it just made the movie very very boring. I could have chosen Ice Cube, but I mean he's still Ice Cube even when you know he's in a shitty movie. You can't, you can't turn Ice Cube off. It's always no. Off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the the main, and then the the head Martian guy. I thought about him, but I mean he just goes. <clears throat> So, you know, it's not really a performance. Don't you disrespect Big Daddy Mars like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> he'll, he'll whip out his Big Daddy on you. Oh, no. 
<laughs> I was scared of Will Smith following me around uh, after that thing. Now I'm scared of Big Daddy Mars following me around for disrespecting him. Big Daddy Mars. I wonder what he's up to these days. The guy who played Big Daddy Mars. That was his claim to fame. I, I, I mean, if it's if he's still around, this is in Colstash, he could try the convention circuit now. See what people do. I don't. Do people want to meet Big Daddy Mars? <laughs> I would just be like, what does he look like without the makeup? Because I've I've not looked, I have bars to look up what he actually looks like. Richard um, Catrone. I don't uh, know if he's a stunt guy. Connor, okay, I, like, I don't know if Connor has the same person, but me and Connor have overlapping because I also put Natasha Hendricks. Because <laughs> I I did not. So go ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like again, I really can't. All I can say is this: is what I know about her. She was in Species. That was a huge fucking hit. People know her for Species. I haven't seen. I've been meaning to watch it. I actually do want to see it. I'm sure she's actually probably good in that. They probably utilize her really well. But at the same time, I haven't seen her do anything since like this film. Um. So it's like I haven't really seen her in a lot of stuff. And based off this performance, I can see why. Because yeah, it's so emotionless. It's so wooden and like, I don't know. And it's weird. Cause like, admittedly, I wanted to blame her, but at the same time goes, no one's really doing that good in this movie. So I'm like, how much of it is them? And how much of it is as how much as it hurts to say bad direction? Yeah. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts saying it. Cause it's Sean fucking Carpenter. But when no one in this film is really that good, you start to wonder, I'm like, is it really them or is it, because yeah. again, all these people, most of them have had successful post careers. I mean, uh, the lady you were talking about, Clay Duvall, that did the shooting, she's had a very successful career post this film. Jason Statham, we know, has had a big fucking career post this film. Ice Cube obviously was already famous, has to maintain that. So it's like these are mostly good performers in our stuff. So it's like just this movie brought out the fucking worst. That's like, is it her? And it could be because, like I said, she, in her regard, I haven't really seen do a whole lot afterwards. And is it also a bit of like not good direction this time? Like how much was Carpenter phoning it in and not really giving them yeah, yeah. direction? I, mean, I think it's her because like with other people, yeah, they were shitty performances, but I could still tell that they were like, especially Jason Statham and Ice Cube, I could tell they were like kind of having fun with it. But her, she was just like dead. So well, char- like Cube and Statham have just they ooze charisma. Like they just oh. are, you know, on all the time. They they don't. It's not that they're great actors. They're just fun to watch. Yeah. Mm. And the same cannot be said about the rest of these people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fun fact real quick before we keep going. Big Daddy Mars uh, played the big, the main bad guy in Army of the Dead. The the King Zombie. Are you serious? Yeah. He really likes playing zombies. I didn't like Army of the Dead, but I liked the concept of his character, so I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Zeus. Uh, I went with Clea Duvall. As Bashira, for one very specific reason, when when Desolation takes her hostage and is like, "I'm gonna kill every motherfucker in here. Give me the gun." I'm paraphrasing, but um, and Natasha Henstridge is like, "Take me instead." You got the vibe there was gonna be a kinship or something between Natasha and you know this new this rookie, and then they never fucking talk to each other again. The whole movie. And Bashira is just there to kill the guy in the cage and start some shit. But even that, she's like, you know, take that motherfucker. And like the way she talks, like her dialogue is so fucking stilted. 
it's <laughs> I just kept waiting for her to die. Um, and I got my wish. So yeah, I don't know what she did after this, but I hope it was better. I I hope it yeah, it yeah, she wasn't very good. She, it's like the movie didn't know what to do with her at all. It's just like because this movie introduces a lot of characters. I'm like, you should have scaled down your fucking characters. Yeah. There is too many in a film like this. A lot of criminals were immediately on board with this whole thing. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh my god, yeah. yeah. Again, Ice Cube, you were thinking, be like, fuck the police, get out of here. I'm straight out of Compton. Bro, when, when they get locked in the cage, they're just like, oh, darn you. What the hell, man? That was like so that stupid where they, like, they all, it felt like the fucking Looney Tunes <laughs> when they all rush in and then she just closes the gate and they're like, fuck. <laughs> and they still have guns and he's like, you better open the cage or I'll kill you. You could just kill her now. I'm just saying. I want someone in that moment just to deliver like a Vin Diesel or their phones of like, I ain't got no choice. It's like for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that was Coffee Guy. Yeah. <laughs> you want some? You ain't got no choice. <laughs> just comes back with fucking coffee. And you're so like put it off. You're like, uh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I would love if somebody had like a physical condition where they had to be hyper aggressive at all times, even when mentally and emotionally, they're not angry. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Good morning. Special. How was your night? Post-sex, I had a good time. Did you? I fucking loved it. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, okay. I would keep that guy around all the time. I would take him everywhere. <laughs> you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. I've, I've seen episodes. Of captain. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Say, I've seen an episode. I haven't seen it all the way through. So It's pretty good. And I, it has a great cast, and it looked what I've seen was really funny. It is so funny. It's one of my favorite shows. God, yeah, I need I, I need to get on that one one day. Um, but instead, what we will get on is the rock hardness of Michael Bay with a first filmmaking decision. I don't I don't know if that's a jungle I, I want to explore. Oh, it's we're exploring. <laughs> As he stands in front of that mirror, rock hard. Uh, with that said, first filmmaking decision, Colton, what did you come up with? So. So first, I was I went I, I had a lazy option and I just wrote the movie. <laughs> um, but then I was like, eh, "It's lazy, don't do that." And then honestly, I I after the movie was over, I sat there and I was like, "What pissed me off the most?" And I just kept thinking about that ending. If they had if they had started the movie like halfway through what we have, and then continued the plot past where the ending was, it would have been perfect. But the ending, I think, was the worst decision in the movie. It was so fucking that. bad. I wanted to see them try to put yeah. the ghost back or something. Yes, yes. Uh, instead of like, we're going, they, they did what like, uh, like post season five Supernatural Sam and Dean do, which is like, we're not trying to exercise the demon anymore. We're just going to fucking murder and just hope for the best. That was <laughs> yeah. weird in that show how they went from like, we got to save the vessel, they're innocent, to just stab everybody. <laughs> We have the knife that kills demons. Just stab. Same with the angels. Like, just all the vessels die. Yeah. yeah weird. Let's do the same thing. They're like, should we help the innocents that, like, as long as we get out of them, they go back to normal? Fuck no. Kill them. God damn it. Kill them. <laughs> They're my drugs. I paid for these. 
And like there, there's like points in the show where they're like, they're like, oh yeah, we are the bad guys. Like, they just want their planet back. And Ice Cube, Ice Cube even says he's he's like, I don't give a fuck. Oh no, no, not not Ice Cube. He doesn't say that. Um, I mean, Ice Cube has said I don't give a fuck. I'm oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he he says that. But Natasha's like, was like, this is our planet. We took it from them fair and square. That's not what she says, but that's you know, I'm that's paraphrasing. That's yeah, vibe. she's like, she's like, we took this planet from them fair and square. They yeah, were dead. Is that the yeah. is that the lesson we really want to learn here? <laughs> exactly. I was like, fine as long as you kill everybody. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, this is a shitty message. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like saying, like, hey, you know that thing we did in America to the Native Americans? Yeah, we're just gonna do that on Mars too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just Kill gonna... killing natives is fine, and doing drugs saves lives. This movie's messages are really fucked. And Beautiful. guess what? Them wanting their revenge because we took their land. They're the bad guys. We got fair and square because we murdered all of them. Uh, well, to be man. fair, no, we didn't know. Weren't they? They were dead for thousands of years. We just, yeah, they, until that just moved in. Yeah, until that lady like touched the the wall and it crumbled and released to the ghost demon. Which now really kind of says like, how flimsy was that wall? Like, I'm yeah. sorry, the, the the ghost people should have done a better job. If they didn't want anyone fucking with the wall, they should have built it stronger. I'm just saying, it, rocks, big big rocks that weigh tons, probably would have been just as effective. Who buried yeah. all these ghosts? Yeah, they never, they never, oh my God. So granted, like I'm not saying a movie has to have an exclamation, but if your movie is this shitty, you have to have something. But this was not nothing. It was just a red cloud that infects people. Yep. There's the, them's the breaks. I feel like I say that a lot on this show. <laughs> them's the breaks. Yeah. It's kind of more like, eh, what, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> uh, so mine, basically... How do you take a John Carpenter produ- like directed and written and scored movie about space ghosts with Ice Cube and Jason Statham and make it boring as fuck? Like, this movie is so boring. And that's the worst decision. Like, pacing, John, pacing. <laughs> you know this. You've done it before. <laughs> what's, what's crazy, and I, we haven't even touched that. I forgot about it. He, he scores this movie, and this is by far... When people say he, whenever someone's like, oh, he has a flawless track record, I'm like, watch Ghost of Mars. It is not good. Yeah, I talked about it before we started recording. I think before you joined the call, but I, I, I was saying how the scene where she's like, she gets left outside and she's climbing back into the base. The music is so intense for like, like a scene that's like nothing. She's just climbing. It, and, yeah. Like, this is the one time I'd be like, if you've seen Ghost of Mars, you know that unfortunately his track record is not flawless. It is a 99% batting average for sure. But yeah. this is the this is a dud score. Well, I wouldn't I think that's I think that's pretty high batting average. <laughs> no, it is high. I'm just saying that this is his dead. It's not flawless. No, saying. I mean like it should be lower. I think 89. That seems <laughs> that seems generous. Oh, you're coming at me for being generous? Let's go over like half your film guessing scores. You're like, I was being generous on that score. Oof. I like I, I will not apologize for that. <laughs> Guys, please don't fight. Please don't. Did you did you have any more you want to add to that car before I say mine? No, no. All yours. I feel like you're mad at me now. <laughs> I'm just here to help. Well, for me, we kind of mentioned it earlier. 
and that was the fact that we um the 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 monster to be truly scared of the ghost was cgi smoke and it was some of the most horrendous pov shots i've seen and you know you know we've we, i can now luckily say we've all seen halloween so we know carpenter knows how to do pov yeah it, it, halloween has some of the most amazing use of pov i think i've ever seen in a film what the fuck happened here it's like this weird version of like a worse version of the predator and <laughs> like like what, yeah. what is going on with this shit it, it was like evil dead filmed with like a 2005 flip phone it was <laughs> shitty oh my I don't, god yeah. And the look on people's faces when he got close to them, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They didn't look <laughs> scared. They just look surprised, like, oh God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, they just kind of sneeze and now they're like possessed. But just give them drugs. There is um in that one scene where they're all in that jail cell and that random guy is infected. Um, when when they get everyone out of the jail cell and that guy is still sitting there he's like clawing at his face and she's like oh how long has that been happening and she's like oh a couple hours you didn't fucking say anything like you know what these people are capable of but you just let this dude like start coughing his face he's like oh yeah he's infected as soon as she, like um natasha gets um infected they like put her outside alone but they just like we're like oh uh He'll turn crazy any second now, but whatever. Well, Jericho's like, I still got to save this one because I, I'm, I still have, a, I still might fuck this girl. So we got, we got to <laughs> yeah. try. We got to try with a, her. I still have a bonus that needs to get taken care of. I have been rock hard for two hours. We <laughs> need to do something. <laughs> just the tip. Oh my god. Oh. I'm surprised they didn't just make like that's the solution. You got to fuck the ghost out. That's the porn version of this. Is you got to fucking yeah. ghost out. I'm surprised so he, didn't, he didn't. Jericho didn't try that. He's like, I think I have an idea, but I need to be alone with her. <laughs> Just hear me out. We need to fuck and no pull out. We have to do it to come. <laughs> so it forces the demon out. <sighs> Put a new demon in you. Um, we'll name it Desolation. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the silver lining <laughs> so now let's flip it i know this is what's gonna be tough this was tough for me uh we now all have to figure out to reveal what our silver lining the one positive we had for this film so colton as much as you hated this film what's the one positive you have so in my notes i wrote i don't fucking know ice cube i guess but uh listening um, I guess I can I'll take it like kind of sort of outside of the film. I'm glad I saw this movie when I did before I see other John Carpenter films so I can see uh, like you said like the sandwich I, I've, I've seen his best and now I've seen his worst. But if I'm only talking of like the film, um, Ice Cube is really good. the the <laughs> the plot uh, it's a good concept I guess you know like space ghosts is cool. But um, execution was awful. <laughs> I love like a meeting. That's how they do it. So what's in this movie? Space. Space. Ghost. <laughs> yeah. I imagine Carpenter's pitch was very much like it's ghosts on Mars, but I don't fucking care if you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine a lot of his pitches post like 1988 were like that. 
It's like, yeah. this is what I'm doing. Like, you got a fucking problem with it. <laughs> They're like, no, John. All right. All right. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is a good concept. It's, yeah. I love the idea of like John Carpenter, just HD movie. This is me. I don't give a fuck you make it if you want it or not. Just give me the money. All right. <laughs> it's gonna be any good. I don't give a shit. It's gonna be a movie with my name on it. God, I'd be <laughs> terrified to pitch anything to John Carpenter. I feel like he would just hate me on principle. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh God. They give me a good laugh. <laughs> um, ironically, my silver lining is the music. Hmm. but only the opening score the rest of the music is dog shit but the opening score i do like i think it's creepy i think it sets an interesting tone i like that weird little guitar solo towards the end it doesn't really need to be there but it's like all right i'll take that yep early 2000s we had to get rocking this movie somehow yeah like talked talked about before like horror films of this era it was so common to just have like rock be like essentially the, the score and then, like, what, like, fucking band that no one's going to remember 10 years from now can we throw into the end credits and play a song? Oh, dude, I've, movie? I've got some good Letterboxd reviews to talk about in a minute here that deal with me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, look, with that said, when I went to go see Malignant last year, mm-hmm. a smile did get on my face as soon as, like, the opening, like, credits, like, the opening tossing was played and the rock music kicked in. I probably was like, there it is. I didn't know I wanted you until you were gone. Well, I love like, you know, Carpenter's put a little bit of rock into his score for the new Halloweens. You know, there's that kind of thing. Like, Mm. I think he's, he likes some, he likes some guitar on that synth and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Uh, For me. Sugar on that spice. You know what I mean? (laughs) For me. um, We briefly touched on it earlier. But uh, my silver line was that there, there's absolutely a, a brilliant concept hand beneath this fucking film. Um, I do think the idea of like, you know, Mars is part inhabiting inhabitants infecting the people here are now the current settlers and making them these bloodthirsty savages is brilliant. I think had you gone like made it nowadays and gone more hardcore with it, actually explained some shit, like you would have had a kick-ass, really cool concept. Mm-hmm. that would have been different but it's just executed so terribly well as i said earlier i mean it's basically doom it's i was gonna say it's like it's evil dead in space yeah yeah exactly but again if executed well who gives a shit i would have been down yeah <laughs> well but the yeah. problem is that very concept is hidden behind some of the worst fucking shit i sat through yeah big daddy mars big we hardly knew you but at least he was hard yeah. um, the words of big daddy mars oh! <laughs> I, I wrote a note about his screaming um what did i say exactly because i, I want to make sure i quote myself correctly oh um so the top so I, I watch it on subtitles um because i'm deaf but um the subtitle said uh speaks in marsh language and I wrote, that's not Martian language. That is a cat joking on a rubber ball. <laughs> also, there's a quote in the movie. Um, I think I think Natasha says it, but she's uh, she says, fucking kill me. So I wrote that down. I was like, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> agree with you, sister. Yeah. I was reading in the trivia that um, there was supposed to be a pretty complex Martian language, but the prosthetics on Big Daddy were so fucked up, like especially the mouth, that he all he could say was vowel noises. So he it just turned the Martian language turned into la, 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 and they just rolled with it. <laughs> oh god damn it. God. I want to I want to talk about my favorite scene in the entire movie and that's when the dude chops his thumb off. I'm trying to open a can. Oh yeah. Stick a dynamite in there. Off his ass. Yeah, I saw I was like did I really see a scene where he just like accidentally took his thumb off in the most unexciting fashion? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was so lame, and everyone was like, "Oh, you dumbass! You cut your thumb off." Yeah, Ice Cube was like, "That's what you get, dumbass." <laughs> Bro, what he just happen? cut his thumb off. Help him! <laughs> right? They're acting like they can just like I guess in this future we can just regrow limbs. So like, ha ha, you lost your limb, loser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you imagine if someone like just like loses like a leg? They're like, "Walk it off, dude." All right, that's what you get. That that happened in the in um, the Orville, which I, I really like. It's a kind of a funny Star Trek thing that uh, comes back tomorrow. But there's a scene in the first season where they're trying to teach the um, the on-site robot Isaac about practical jokes. And the next day, the guy who's trying to teach him, he wakes up and his fucking leg is gone. <laughs> he wakes, he gets out of bed. He's got one leg, and he like hops to the front to the bridge, and he's like, "What did you do with my leg?" And, and Isaac's like, "Gotcha." He's like, this is not a joke. <laughs> it's, he, he hit his leg somewhere on the ship. It was really funny. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's a good note. To um, Unless we have anything more to move on to our next segment. <laughs> known as What's in the Box. What's in the fucking box? Give me the gun. Okay, so there's quite a lot of hate for this film on Letterboxd. A lot of, like, you know, digs on the music or the performances or just random quotes, but also a lot of, like, fuck you, this is a great movie. A lot of really aggressive, like, uh, 2.4 out of 5. A lot of, like, aggressive coffee guy likes. Yeah, this is just the way I like it. (laughs) Why don't you want some? (laughs) Ah, so 2.4 out of 5. Uh, still not the lowest we've covered. Uh, I believe that still belongs to. Uh, I think it was Freddie got fingered. Was that our lowest? It may have been. My mind keeps wanting to see the pyramid. So how much I hated the pyramid, but it's probably Freddie got fingered. Might be. I feel like there was a surprise though. We were like, what? Anyway, uh, I've got. Ironically, we keep talking about the sandwich here. Uh, I got a bit of a sandwich for you. Uh, I've got. I did not realize my sandwich analogy. Whatever it was, like, was going to be such a, a through line for the episode. You never know. You never know. Because I've got a shit review, some decent ones, followed by more shit. So kind of a reverse shit sandwich here. Uh, first up, number one. This is from Wood. So it's we, t- we try not to laugh? No, uh, you can laugh if you want, but oh, I'm, trying, oh. I'm trying to make you guys laugh. If you find it funny, laugh. If not, I will feel shame. <laughs> there's yet to be an episode where i didn't make caleb laugh this is true it's a terrible john carpenter movie but it's a pretty good ice cube movie and an incredible jason statham movie two stars okay. <laughs> two stars okay 
those levels to that one. I know. This guy's like, this is Carpenter's worst movie, but it might be Statham's best. It's like, what? It's definitely not Statham's best. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, next one. This is from Nomenclature. Say what you will about this movie, but the part where Ice Cube runs directly into the zombie horde, completely heedless of the danger, screaming, come on, you mindless motherfuckers, while firing dual machine guns, not pointing forward, mind you, but in opposite directions to either side of him, and starts a gigantic gun-slash-sword-slash-explosion-slash-martial-arts battle on the surface of Mars is arguably the zenith of cinema. Four stars. (laughs) Guy needs to up his standards. Yeah. No, I like how much he commits. <laughs> he, he, he he doesn't stop. He's like, I'm going all in on my feelings on this movie. <laughs> Talk about all in. Listen to this next guy. Oh, God. This, this is from Brando. And I love to think that it's Marlon Brando's ghost inhabiting some poor jackass. Because I feel like Marlon Brando would love this movie. The main villain is this ripped Marilyn Manson looking motherfucker whose official name is Big Daddy Mars. And every second he's on camera, he's just screaming and yelling like a maniac. And he's facing off against a leather clad dual Uzi wielding ice cube whose official name is fucking Desolation Williams over heavy metal music in the middle of red sandstorms and blaring heavy metal guitar with lots of random decapitations and blood and guts. And basically, I'd happily rewatch this over the original Halloween any day. John really can do no wrong. Four stars. I can't laugh on that one. The fuck? What? (laughs) Here you go, Connor. You jinxed it. This is the one I didn't laugh on. Ah, I was just blown away. Like, really, dude? Like, how how do you come to that conclusion? Yeah, I was I was on board with his review until he was like, um, uh, I would watch this over Halloween. I'm like, what? No, I've seen Halloween like 50, 100 or so times. Like I've seen a lot. Halloween is one of the greatest films of all time. This is my last time with Ghost of Mars. <laughs> like, hands down. Well, if you say that, and Carpenter announces his return to directing finally, but it's Ghost of Mars 2. I might kill him. <laughs> I might do it for all of us. It's like his passion project. He's just like, I have waited years to do this and i feel like now is the right time the ward needs it this time he finally he actually does get courtney love oh my god what if as he's doing this everyone's like is she gay from new york three big drawing little trash like they're just thinking of other good movies we could get sequels to and he just ends it with the one you guys have been waiting for ghosts of mars 2 and we're like oh the fuck did you just say (laughs) brando meanwhile is going i knew it I never lost faith. <laughs> Four stars. Fuck Halloween. Dude. <laughs> I cannot believe that. <laughs> All right. These next two negative to, to, to complete this reverse sandwich. This is from Dr. Acula. Love that name. Pretty simple. This was a cry for help. Two stars. <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> Is is he okay? Is John Carpenter okay? Do we do we need to check on him? I don't think he's been okay for a long time. <laughs> he seems okay now. Because he, you know, he's he's working with his son, who's never gonna tell him you're you're a shit director, John. Like he's never gonna say that. Listen to the woman, John. <laughs> uh and my final one, 
this this was beautiful. This, this has elements of Roger Ebert's worst reviews, where he would just when you would like. Yeah, he would attack he would the movie attack. on like a personal level. Like it, it like it offended him so goddamn much that this film even exists. He would tank careers with those reviews, man. He was like a movie, movie critic? Roger Ebert, the maybe the greatest movie critic who ever lived. When he oh, loved the movie, oh, oh, I, I thought you said Robert Eggers. <laughs> I was like, what the no. fuck? <laughs> that so, would be awesome. Roger Eggers doesn't know how to like do a film using just regular English. I don't mean that as a dig. It's just He's like English. No, um, I would hate to see what his reviews would be in ye old times. Like, okay, I'm done reading that. <laughs> well, this guy is Brandon Habes, a steaming pile of dog shit. A film so bad it finds Carpenter at the bottom of the well, dressing his cast in black metal S and M clothing. The kind of movie that gets you blacklisted from the industry goes straight to VOD and offends even the concept of a B movie. Everything is awful. Flashbacks should never be used again by anyone, and I'm convinced I've never been happy. Half a star. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> you went in. Somebody I agree. Hurt, somebody hurt this guy. I like the. I'm convinced I've never been. <laughs> How this does movie suck do so this? hard? I don't recall a single moment of my life where I enjoyed happiness. <laughs> Shit, man. Maybe you should watch Halloween. What if he tries Carpentry again? He's like, all right, let me just try a different film this time. But he picks the ward. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's just double whammy. Oh, they bring it all home. He's like, you know what? I'll try a different director. It's fine. I'll do Wes Craven. My soul to take. Oh, and then he's like, you know what? I gave, I gave Carpenter, too. I should give him, too. He puts on Cursed. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So, he's, he's speaking all the director's worst films. <laughs> he's like, movies suck. What do you mean, Spielberg? You mean the son of a bitch who did always? <laughs> Fuck that. That would suck to only see a director's worst films. You would hate cinema so much. Why are people hyping up Scorsese? This silence film sucks. <laughs> oh New York, God. New York, go fuck itself. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a that's hilarious. I love thinking about this guy. Every time his friends recommend a director, he's like, "You're an asshole." That guy sucks. <laughs> I can't drink right now thinking of that because I just keep laughing. <laughs> um, so that's what's in the box. Ghost of Mars, pretty hated, but there are some delusional people out there who think this is Carpenter's masterpiece. So <laughs> there's always a. I want to meet them. Hmm? I want to meet them. I don't. I, I won't. Do, I feel I, like I, I wouldn't like them. Also, I'll do something in their head and be like, "All right, so let's go with the films we've all watched." Okay, so we've seen Escape from New York. We've seen Assault, We've seen Halloween. We've seen The Thing, Big Trouble, Fog. They live. We can agree those are great, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. How the hell are you getting to the Ghost of Mars being a masterpiece, man? I feel like I could just to find these people start like a Ghost of Mars was great support group, no, just no. so I could find them. Because you all, know all, they have nobody to talk about about this. All, all in vowels. <laughs> Dude, they all speak the Martian language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was fun. Oh, God. All right. Let's let's close up the box and wrap it up. <laughs> Before I reveal what's next week, 
uh let's do let's quick housekeeping stuff all the social media stuff follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and our film guys and productions if you want to share us a recommendation you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com if you'd like to donate support us anyway you can find us on anchor and finally feel free to get on our site filmgasm.com we have for reviews trailers articles and all of our episodes with that let's uh let's get into next week uh next week on the show and our podcast which is now three because we no longer have any preview uh next week with that said though we are going to get into the spirit a bit of the the upcoming release for trash cord and we'll be talking about the film that personally the only one i consider not that great in this franchise because i actually pretty much like the all the other five films but uh Jurassic park three yeah gonna get into some talking raptors it's gonna be an interesting episode it's gonna be interesting like i said it's the only one i actually am kind of on with the fans with um because i know a lot of people like to come after lost war tracks park i like it i enjoy it yeah um and even I know the same thing kind of happened with Fallen Kingdom where people kind of went after Fallen Kingdom. I had fun with it still. I know it's it's obviously it wasn't as grand as say like Jurassic World where they escaped and you know all that stuff, but I liked the more horror intimate setting they went with. Um so this was really the only one in the film where I'm always kind of like lukewarm when I watch it if I have a marathon. Yeah. I like all five Jurassic Park movies for different reasons, but three is not a great film. I will, give, I will give it that. But I don't have this just disdain for it. There's elements of three I really like. But there's also I, elements where I'm like, why were you doing this? Yeah. Like I Look, even then, I'll watch it. Like, I have no issues, like, putting it on. Like, yeah, you get the super scene with Alan with the raptor. <laughs> you have the really kick-ass birdcage scene. You got the, the new baddie dinosaur, which, I mean, yeah, it's not the T-Rex, but he is fucking good i like a lot of the scenes with him in it i still think the scene where they see him like when they're at the cage i don't think at the fence and they're they're just looking behind them they're like shit and they turn around and it's just standing there mm-hmm. and they have to run and get in is like it's a really bitching scene so there's a lot of good things i like about it, but yeah it is definitely my least favorite of the franchise well we'll have plenty to say next week i'm excited yeah um on filmgasm we'll be looking at one of the greatest remakes of all time, a Cronenberg classic. Some could say his masterpiece. It's a highly debated topic on that one because there's a lot that people consider his masterpiece. This is one of them. 1986, The Fly. We got excited. This is a long time coming. This is one of those absolute classics I've always wanted to do on the show. So thank you, Cronenberg, for doing a new movie, giving me an excuse to put it on the schedule. I'm oh pretty, yeah, I'm pretty pumped because the only Cronenberg uh, movies I've seen is Crash, um, which um, I I don't think I will ever want to watch that movie again. Um, and then I know Possessor doesn't count. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it counts. That's, it's it's his son. It's his son Brandon Cronenberg that did Possessor. Yeah, that movie was so good. So I can't wait to do The Fly. Honestly. You're, it's one of the it's one of the the greatest when it comes to uh, David Cronenberg. So this will be a fun episode. Fly is a kick-ass film. It has another theme kind of running through it. Even though Jeff Goldblum is not in Jurassic Park Three, he is in the franchise. He's in the new one, and he is the main character of the Fly. So we apparently have a Jeff Goldblum theme going on. Yeah, be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> Life finds a way. <laughs> it's just, it's 
steaming. That's a big pile of shit. On Oscar <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> they'll be doing another Best Picture Showdown while discussing what many consider to be the greatest film of all time, The Godfather. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's our two-year anniversary of Oscar Sunday, so we're very excited to celebrate with a film celebrating its 50th anniversary, The Godfather. It's going to be a Best Picture showdown of the ages, and we are very excited. Yes, should be should be a fun episode. I'm, I'm actually a fan of Godfather myself. I'm partial to part two. It is longer, but I, I, I've always kind of liked part two a little bit more. And um, I didn't need to see the coda, but the less said about part three, the better. That was three hours of not getting back. <laughs> That's why I'm reluctant to watch the director's cut, because I'm like, am I really going to be able to tell the difference? I really that different. Well, I've seen Godfather three like three or four times, and it doesn't stick. I couldn't tell you anything about that movie. <laughs> the only way I've ever seen the Godfather, I've talked about this before, was I had to watch the Godfather epic, which was all three movies edited to be in chronological order. It was a, it was long, man. It was long. That is a hell of an experience. That's that's a long. Wow. <laughs> not doing that nah no thanks <laughs> even like with lord of the rings now like i i watch the extended cuts and i do it over a course of a couple of days i will not do back to backs i'm like i can't dedicate yeah. that many hours oh yeah. yeah i did a double feature of godfather one and two uh with my grandpa once at draft house and we were in the movies for about six and a half hours oh my god dude yeah it was crazy it was fun but it was crazy so i'm glad this time we're just talking about part one yeah just just part one um, well, before I close out my clo- good old uh, weekly closing statement, I just want to quickly say thank you, Colson, for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, the doors are always open, man. Um, I, I, I'm sad that this was your second Carpenter <laughs> film you've seen, but like we've said, it can only go up from here. You've literally seen what me consider his greatest film, and you've seen one of his two worst films. So you have a whole lot in the middle that is well regarded in various degrees to enjoy and, and cherish. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so until then, ladies and gentlemen, once the ability to tra- travel to Mars becomes a reality, and if you think I'm lying, take your beef with Elon Musk on Twitter. Be mindful of its prior inhabitants. They may not be so keen on our arrival. See you all next week on Beyond the Bed. Thank you.